This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+, plus. rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that has nothing to say for itself tonight. Uh, it is neither a preview show, there is no football to talk of, of course, it being the confounded international break. But, but fear not, fear not, people who like to listen to the Chelsea Fancast. We are using this opportunity to have what we call our Q&A shows, where we get some lovely people who belong to our patreon group and our discord group and our mixler group to come and talk to us and ask us what they think or tell us what they think about life the universe and everything which is why we don't have a lot to say for ourselves this evening because we're going to leave it to these lovely people i am stanford chidge of course and i am joined as ever by the marvelous and perfectly formed jonathan kidd that's very sweet of you chidge i didn't know the perfectly formed bit was uh it's very appropriate at the moment, but uh, but thank you so much. Thank I'm, you. I'm all heart, J.K. Never let it be said. Yeah, that's true. I never will let that be said. Indeed. Uh, so, yeah. are you well? Um. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You looking forward to an, uh, an evening not talking about football? No. I'm what I'm looking forward to is being is being corrected, grilled, grilled. I'm looking, yeah. I'm no. No. I'm I'm looking forward to them telling us what we should be saying and that, how we've got it wrong. Well, they, they do know far more than us as a rule, they don't do. they? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I will introduce the uh, the the uh, the guests that we have in, but if you would like to introduce our Chelsea Fancast guest, that would be lovely. Well, uh, I, I, um, at, at the moment, there's only other one person on the show, so... Uh, well, um, true. With any regularity, and it's... Um, it's it, not like a bad penny, but like a good penny. Here he is again, having turned up, um, uh, because everybody else is uh, absent for whatever reason, holidays, uh, work, um, brilliance elsewhere. So uh, 
Um, we have another, um, an excellent, well, I don't need to introduce him really. I've been introducing him practically every time. He should be story. introducing you, mate, really. In fact, I'm yeah. looking forward to being introduced, actually. I'd, I'd love to be, if um, if Clayton's the housewife's choice, what could I be? Could I be the, uh, the um, I don't know, the, the drag queen's The choice. house husband's choice. Yes, yeah, something like that, something yeah. ridiculous. Um, the housemaid, the housemaid's choice. Martin is holding his head in despair at this intro, and um, Jeff has wandered off, uh, not interested in the slightest. But you know, anyway. Um, so it, of course, is the fantastic, the the witty, the charming, the erudite, the uh, the percussive, the um, the always seems to come up with something none of us, none of us, none of us else do. It is, of course, fantastic, Martin Wigan. Thanks, J.K. And hello, everyone. I need to let you in on a little bit of a. An exclusive here. I haven't. Didn't. I just. I just didn't leave the previous Zoom link. Nope. So I've just been logged in the whole time, and I've just. No one's had the heart to kick me out yet. So that's why I've been on so many repeated shows. But yeah, it's lovely to be here. And I thought Erudite was a glue. Erudite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. And I thought percussive. 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 Was I'm the, here all week. Well, yeah, I thought quite, li quite literally. Yeah. I will indeed. I thought if if he's calling percussive, does that mean you're good at the drums? Well, my favourite Muppet was Animal, oh. so make it out what you will. Yeah, mine was too, actually. Martin, it's it's a delight to have you on again. Uh, have, you, have you done a Q&A show before? I have not. This is your debut as a Q&A. Are you looking yeah. forward to being grilled? Well, it's hot enough, so I might as well, well there just we add go. getting grilled to... Yeah. Grilled and barbecued, it's all the same to us. Right, just a quick reminder before we introduce our gang of uh, lovely people who have joined us. Uh, don't forget you can listen to the show live every live. month live exactly thank you for reminding me jk every monday and friday at half past seven uh by going to chelsea-fancast.mixler.com where of course you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page and of course you can follow us on all of the socials at chelsea fancast and of course listen and subscribe on acast spotify apple and all good podcast platforms and all the rubbish ones as well and of course leave us a glowing five-star review. I only say that because that's what London is Blue say. I'm just copying them, really. Uh, makes a nice change. All right. After this very short break, we will be back to talk, well, hopefully, answer some questions on Chelsea and other things. Right, okay, time to introduce our Motley crew uh, as I let another person into the into the room. Um, just a quickie before we... Uh, I mean, I, I, you know what, I'm, I'm really chill and relaxed now, so, you know, it, providing you promise not to make any background noise, don't, don't worry about being on mute um, because what happens is I forget to ask you to unmute and you forget to unmute. So just, 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 just let's go for a free-for-all tonight. But if you are going to ask a question, can you just, like, like, wave your hand at me so I know who's going to ask it and, and if we can just avoid cross talking a little bit because that's a bit annoying for people who are listening other than that there are no rules uh so who who are we gonna uh, i'm gonna do it in in from left to right we have got the absolutely fantastic now this man i know for a fact has been listening to the chelsea fan cast 
for pretty much as long as we've been doing it, which is, a, I mean, you know, he was a mere boy when he started listening to this show. He's now, like us, a grand old man, and he's the lovely Bob Uzre. Bob, good to see you. Hello, everyone. Good to see you, man. Now, tell, tell the world where you're listening in from, or watching in from, even. Um, Modesto, California. It's the Central Valley. Um, it's about 60, 70 miles inland from San Francisco. So it's pretty much plunk in the middle of California. Very nice part of the world. So that's where you ha- everybody has to send their fan mail to, Modesto, California. Good to see yeah, Bob. And, and please, can, can, I hear, can I not hear you English people whining about the weather? It's not hot there. When it's 102, then you can whine. Okay, fair enough. You have a very good, you have a very good point, Bob. Bob, as always, great to see you, mate. Now, uh, I think an, um, I, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, because invariably I am, but this, this might be his first appearance on a Q&A show but somebody who we've got to know quite well recently. It's the lovely Jeff Lowry. Correct, very much so. It's a, a debut. And where, where, are you, where, where are you at the moment, Jeff? Uh, not quite so spectacular background. Um, Goodeslow, Germany, not too far away from Dortmund on the one side and Bielefeld on the other side, uh, Hanover, a bit further apart from that. That's right, because we, we've Northwest. Had... Yeah, we've had some excellent correspondence, haven't we, um, about punk and stuff. Yes. We have. See, it's all flooding back to me. I'm not as stupid as I look, you know, uh, which is not hard. <laughs> <We're> good. <laughs> not hard, yeah. though. Uh, we have the fantastic, another one. The Gabriel, I think, has been in most of our Q&A shows. It's brilliant to see you again, my friend. How are you? Hey, good to see you guys. And I think this might be my third Q&A show. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, happy to be here. That's really good. Now, remind us all where you're from at the moment. I'm from Langley, BC, beautiful British Columbia in Canada. Where where and in BC? Outside. Where in BC? Langley. Where's that? Near? So that's about 40 minutes from Vancouver downtown. Right. Um, the east yeah. to... Uh, Vancouver is it, and it's is it quite on, close to the border is it on the main road from the mountains uh, you could say I, you could say that I could go to I've, I've like been through it bit. mate I've been through it it's just that I don't remember so um, I... yeah it's like uh, two minutes off the highway and uh, it's pretty close to mountain there's mountains everywhere so well yeah. this is true yeah. it, it is beautiful BC, BC. beautiful yes. BC Gabriel lovely to see you again uh, we have the legend that is JP with us Hello, hello, hey, mate. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, mate? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And where, where it's my where, first time uh, joining? I know, I know. And tell us where you're uh, talking to us from. I am talking to y'all from Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia, lovely. Because you've got that lovely southern accent, which which Jay and uh, I, JK and I try and do appallingly, <laughs> as you probably well know. <laughs> he's being really kind and he's laughing. It, yeah, no, yeah, you just kind of have to lean into it, you know. Yeah, we got the Waffle House and the Chick-fil-A here, you oh. know, we uh we enjoy it. Lovely stuff. I'm, I'm right working right near the the airport, so if you ever come come into Atlanta, you're flying right over me right I, now. I, yeah. I, I would love to. Well, I tell you what, one day when we do when the when Chelsea do another US tour, I will do whatever we can to get a few of us out there and, and really large it up it'd be great I was bombed yeah this year they came in uh, they came in to Atlanta and I just was on I was on vacation or holiday and I missed it 
I just wasn't able to make it uh, this year. And I was bummed just because it was in my backyard. No way. Never mind. There'll be another time. Now, last but by no means least, a lovely lady who we've got to know uh, not quite recently, um, but we've had some lovely correspondence from her. And she is the lovely Caroline Walters. Now, Caroline, I, 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 if I remember rightly, you are actually English, aren't you? You're from here, but you went over there, right? Well, I don't claim to be English. My parents are okay. English. That's close enough um, for me. That means you yeah. could be selected to play for England if necessary and available. <laughs> I could, I could claim, Eng- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think they'd want me. Okay. Have you have you have you have you, have you done a Declan Rice? Have you turned over to the other side? Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> no, no. Oh, are you seeing the Arsenal thing behind me? No, no, I, I'm not. I, I tell you what oh, I can okay. see. I tell you what I can see. I can see a Kerry Dixon banner. Yeah, I got my Kerry well, my Kerry Dixon banner up, but but right right over my head is an Arsenal cap. It was my dad's. Okay. Um, sorry, I'll have to like sit up taller to hide it. But, um. oh, that's all right. No, no, you, we, we the can't. Declan Rice reference was a, was a dig at me. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Caroline. It's lovely to have you on board with us. Now, I hope you lot have got loads and loads of questions. I've got a question from uh, our Michael Leboeuf Murray uh, for uh, for future reference, and of course, I'm going to keep my eye on the. In fact, I should say hello, people who are listening in Mixler. You are not excluded from this. Um, if you would like to ask us. Any uh, any uh, any questions? That would be great. Now, Ian's already got one. He says the audio's a bit funny. If if the audio, Ian, sounds like there are three two fans and an air conditioner on, that would be because there are two fans and an air conditioner on. If it's really annoying you, I will turn them off. But I might expire some somewhere between now and the end of the show. The choice is entirely yours. But do let me know, because it might be that. Um, right, so who would like to ask a question first? Just put your hand up and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you to speak. Don't all rush at once. Bob's in there. Bob's in there first. Right, Bob, off you yeah. go. Well, you'll start up at 10. Um, I've been sort of looking back over the last couple of years at our injuries. Now, you know, we, we have a few. You know, we've had a few in the past, seriously. But that's all we seem to get now is serious injuries. I'm wondering what the medical staff and the physio staff are doing. I mean, do we do we actually have one? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's obviously Twitter's been full of it today and the usual spats going down the usual lines. But my, I, I don't know is the simple answer. I mean, I, I it's easy to say, well, you know, Todd Bowley at all got rid of the uh, the physio department and rep- I always make a joke about this don't I that they've got Dave Grohl's physio uh, physio in there but mind you Dave Grohl famously broke his leg didn't he playing on stage so maybe you know maybe injuries were happening before that but I, I don't know if it's entirely that although it may have something to do with it um, I, I actually I'm beginning to wonder and I think the others will, will probably talk with far more sense on this but I'm beginning to wonder if it might have something to do with um, the number of games these players play because they're playing way more games than they ever used to. And I also wonder if it has something to do with the training methods because they're all, they, they tend to be, I mean, soft tissue and, you know, like hammies and things like that. I think that's, I mean, I'm no no doctor, but I mean, you know, injuries like that are, are, are stress and strain injuries, aren't they? Whereas if you, you know, if you do your ankle or you do your knee, 
I think that can happen at any time. Really, can't it? I don't know. What What do you think, boys? I'll go Jonathan first. He's primed and well, ready. Doc, sorry, Dr. Jonathan. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm a consultant, just mister. Thanks very much. Oh, very and good. So while we're talking, Bob, um, uh, I, I really enjoy your, your, your X's, your tweets. Thank you, mate. Thank you so much for your the, the stuff okay. that you sent me. But I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to um, uh, disagree with your assessment of, of heat, because I think what it is, is that we're we're so used to our, our body temperature is so less than those in, in, a, in the Americas, because you're just so used to these these ridiculous temperatures, whereas we're we're much more cold blooded and we're used to wandering around with scarves on. So suddenly when you get into an environment where it gets all gets unbelievably hot, i.e. 31, which is what we're dealing with at the moment. We just go, ah, 31, help. So um, just, you know, just to debate that. Uh, but I, I, the large number of injuries that we seem to get are, um, uh, there's a lot, there are lots of ACL. And uh, I don't think you can say an ACL has got anything to do with uh, the training or the... I, I, um, I did say that. I, I didn't. I didn't hear that. I said. That, I said you can't. I effectively. I said you can't blame training and all of that lot on an ACL because they can happen at any time. I don't think the word ACL was uttered by you at all there. Actually, okay. I think I mentioned it. I think you just said a knee injury okay. or something. You said. I, I, I defer to the uh, honourable gentleman. If you could possibly, thank you. Um, uh, I, I, and some of the, for example, um, uh, and, um, uh, and what's his name? And, and Kuno. What's now? I can't and remember. Kunku. Kunku, thank you so much. I've, you can tell I'm a bit knackered. Um, and Kunku's uh, injury was it was a foul tackle. I mean, not foul, a nasty tackle. And I think some of them are victims of nasty tackles that the referees, well, I just, dis we so despair of the referees, um, just don't seem to spot. Um, and uh, I even think, what was a more recent one that um, uh, we've had? Uh, what was the most recent injury that we had? Well, well Lavia, Lavia came up today, didn't it? Done his ankle, apparently. Oh, did you not know? Yeah, I thought you might not uh, know that. Yeah, no, Chuk yeah. injury as well was um, was a, another nasty tackle. Yeah, it was. I, don't, I, I so I don't I don't think that's got much to do with the medical staff. I just think that's that's is that the rough and tumble of the player? Could you say the player hasn't been um, uh, assessed properly? Hasn't been given the right fitness training so that he's he can't deal with that kind of of tackle? But if it's a if it's a vicious tackle and it gets you, you know, takes you off at the knee or something, you, you, you've had it. So, I, I, but the 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 fact that we now have another ten injured and we had ten last season who were completely different players does make me think perhaps we're either targets or unbelievably unlucky. Um, I, I worry about my, my, the major concern for me is Reese, who I just I don't get this. I don't get the fact that they they. We thought he was having an operation at the end of the season to deal with this, with his dodgy hamstring, and he didn't. He just seemed to, I don't know what they did with him. And then he played in the, he was late going into the uh, the preseason, um, apparently because he had an infection, not because it was anything to do with his injury. He seemed to play quite well, if tentatively. I think we all agreed in the preseason, he just wasn't quite on it. And then he played the opening game of the season, wasn't quite, we were all saying, looks as if he's just holding back a bit, lo and behold. Um, 75 minutes and he was right in front of me bent down and I thought he was just tired because he, he wanted to come off and I actually said so on the fan cast I, I think he's just he's, it looks as if he, he's saying because he's he just wants because he's got cramp and then of course he then once again he had the same injury so and and what is so awful about about him is about his injury he is he is clearly 
so essential to our success that I, I one despairs at the fact that he's not playing and also the fact that that um will he ever play at the same level again because every time it, it, we as chidge pointed it out at the, at the time I remember you saying chidge that you thought every time he came back he was never the same player because he's just tentative there's a you think there's a man worrying about an injury so they must be aware of that but it, it, it's um for me he's the he's the worst case of how we've been suffering though i'd like to have seen what i think Unkunku and jackson were essential i think that was what potch was really hoping would be the the combination um and we're now having to deal with the bizarreness of chilwell playing left wing which i have to say i hope that that palmer's uh the acquisition of palmer will change but does that mean that that chilwell then has to play left back because well, later injuries later. injuries yeah. injuries yeah yeah but i think that's part of it i think injuries i around. know i know i know i mean but yeah the answer to your question i'm afraid uh, bob was was <laughs> no, well, I know it's really hard, isn't it? You know, do you know what? It's like an extension of what we often say when we when we go, you know, we go in heavily on a player. No pun intended, given what we're talking about. But um, the reality is, we don't see them in training. We're not privy to the manager's decisions. So, really, does it's most of what we are talking about is is pure conjecture, conjecture. exactly. Conjecture. Now, Martin, uh, bring some intelligence to it. Whereas Jonathan and I brought a lot of like, but we don't really know what we're talking about to, to it. Jonathan's eating his banana, which I think is a good repast, really. Martin? It's just chickens coming home to roost in general. There's been too much football played over, I'd say, probably since 2020, when everything got compressed because of the COVID stoppage. And then they were, rather than let's cancel some tournaments, they played all of them in a shorter time frame. Then they played a World Cup in November, underage tournaments this summer. And, you know, it's not just Chelsea that have had spates of injuries we're just more aware of ours that's just human nature I think um, Aston Villa two of their defenders pranging their ACL within a week of each other De Bruyne pulling up injured after coming back in his first game so there's definitely a sense of chickens coming home to roost and with regards to the injuries we've suffered I, I can't think of any that have been the result of a reducer challenge or something horrible I thought the Nkunku challenge was fairly innocuous my main complaint was that a penalty wasn't given and then he tried to play on afterwards uh, Chukwemeka he just pulled up and every other injury no, I don't know about that Chukwemeka got clattered mate I, I haven't watched the highlights I tried to no, he did. expunge them from Nkunku my memory got so. as well. he, got ki- he got kicked but it wasn't anything that you thought oh my god that's him out for ages like just... you have a different assessment of what anything is though don't you martin because you, well not you... deliberately it's just what i see i didn't think he was i don't think he was clattered i don't think Nkunku was clattered it was a bad challenge it should have been a penalty that was my main gripe and then he pulled up and i blamed the pitch because it looked like a fucking sand pit so um well there was that wasn't there i mean well actually, yeah well you, you, that's a good yeah. point mate i was wondering if there's another another thing to add to this and I wonder if it might have something to do with the pitches. Because I've heard, you know, you hear things, don't you, kind of floating around on the ether about the uh, Cobham training pitches. I mean, you would have thought that the training pitches at Cobham would be absolutely first class because of the amount of money they spent there. So I'm not I'm not sure if I buy that. But they, but... they may also be more solid underneath because they want to get a perfect grass surface. Mm. So in certain cases, if you've got players nursing soft tissue and muscle injuries and they there's no get less give in the pitch it may cause a, a more jarring effect i mean i don't know i mean that the point i always reference is the super bowl a couple of years ago where one of the i think it was la rams players catches the ball no one near him 
goes down in a heap as soon as he plants his foot. He's done his ACL on a artificial turf pitch and he was out. Um, what do we do on our pre-season tours? Play on those same said pitches. So he's just asking for trouble at times, I, well, I think. I, I think that, I mean, you know, Loftus-Cheek is, a, is another good example yeah. of that. Of course, there's, a, there's another theory that one could have, which is that basically all modern players are snowflakes and they're not built like us oldens, but... I shouldn't really say things like that, should I? Or is it uh, the boots, Chidge? Is it the yeah, slippers? Yeah, yeah, could be. But you, you would have thought that they would be getting far more foot injuries, like metatarsals going. But if you remember, you know, when Rooney and uh, Owen and Beckham, I mean, there was that whole spate, wasn't there, in the early noughties, where every English player that was any good did their metatarsals. So I, I don't know. I mean, what, Because what, there, was no, there was no give on the top of the boot. So right. they were effectively playing in their socks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is only marginally better than playing in one's pants, I think. But anyway, um, right. Would any of our lovely audience here, our, our Patreon people, like to add anything to this? Bob, you got any comeback on that? No, I was, what made me sort of think of it was uh, I was reading today that Mudrich has been told to, you know, go easy in the gym. I'm, I'm just wondering if, you know, the, the unsupervised part of their, you know, professional footballer's life needs to be supervised you know going too going too heavy or too hard in the gym you know well that that was michael essien's problem wasn't it you know when he was recuperating from injury you know he used to be in the gym all the time and he they they, he was riding his bike and they kind of told him to stop when he was riding his bike like miles and they told him to stop because he was getting too overdeveloped and uh (laughs) too heavy basically now jeff jeff had his hand up jeff what would you like to say yeah, there's been a lot of games, especially after the COVID thing. Um, and, of course, being a, success, a successful team, uh, playing a lot of cup games, the Champions League, FA Cup final, League Cup final, getting to the uh, to the final itself, um, added a few games. But that doesn't then relate to this season because they most of them are gone now. I know the players were unhappy last season um and of course there was also the medical team being sacked that could have something to do with it but it doesn't there's there's no specific reason seemingly but they're all they're all new now you're right i mean it it it, it, in a sense it doesn't make sense because of that you can't blame i mean i don't know i mean depends where they came from but i would imagine they would have played less games than chelsea players uh, from the last few seasons would have done um, and they will be new to the medical department, so I don't know. It's a bit of a mystery, but I tell you what, it's bloody annoying. Caroline? Yeah, I wanted to clam on to Martin's thing about the pitches. Um, I was at the 2019 game where Ruben Loftus-Cheek got hurt so badly, and that pitch was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> um, I was surprised they even played. Um, they came out at halftime and watered the pit pitch with a fire hose um so it was it was really bad and the one in chicago was just as bad i have to say that the i was at the uh dc um the washington dc maryland landover maryland sorry can you say um, can you say that again the, the maryland, maryland. The Mar- sorry. it's not maryland one more, it is one, maryland. more one more time caroline just for, for avoidance maryland of okay. maryland exactly how i said it judge yeah, Maryland, not Maryland. Maryland, you see. You, you've been yeah, given you've been given grief on Twitter about that as well. I've seen it. It's <laughs> bit, it's bit, I've been laughing my you know what off all week. It's quality. Yeah, it's Landover, Maryland. 
Um, but that that pitch was well done. They they did a good job on that that series in making the pitches pretty good, which we didn't have anybody hurt during that time period. I don't think it wasn't until the Chicago game against Dortmund that the pitch was just not in great shape. And that was because they'd had, I think Ed Sheeran had been at the stadium a couple nights before and they'd put a floor down on top of the grass. Wow. <laughs> was, was he any good? Ed Sheeran? I don't know. Okay. Probably, but yeah. Well, I, I won't tell you what I would think of that because it would be really unfair. But anyway, um, anybody, to, anything to add? Or would you, somebody like to ask a new question? We don't mind. Gabriel, you have to turn your, well done. Yeah, um, I I do agree that probably we played way too much, way too many games, like after the, um, the COVID break comes back. And I think a lot of players still suffer from it, not just physically, also completely the performance wise, like, like Mason Mount, he still hasn't covered, recovered from it. And he's also just injured not too long ago. And I just think it's such a shame. Um, just like modern games nowadays, it's all about money and we just try to cram everything together. It's all about money. And to add on that, I do have a question about uh, James' um, captaincy in relation to his injuries records because I, I I love James. He's a fantastic player. I think he's the perfect captain, but if he can't play, like consistently week in week out, then how can you be a captain? It's I have this like um, inner battle inside of me that that just kind of tells me, oh, maybe we should find somebody else that actually can play week in week out on a pitch, leading the whole team, and not just sitting on a bench um, or in the medical room, like mm -hmm. just after one game. I know it's kind of um, unfortunate that his injury happened, but. Yeah, that's my question. Like, what do you guys think about James being our captain? Well, I while think yeah, I, I think it's a it's a really good question, actually, Gabriel. I mean, mm, I I think the whole pitch has been queered massively by the departures that we've had when when we've lost all of all. I mean, literally, apart from Silver, arguably Reese, we've lost all of our experienced players. Which leaves and so so what do you do? Because normally when you're choosing a captain, you choose the senior player, the senior pro. He often gets the captaincy. Or, you know, being an English club, they might well go for, you know, the, the guy who's, you know, more associated with the club. So, you know, Reese has been there since he was six, I think. So it's a, he's an obvious candidate for it. Quite often the best player. I mean, if it, a bit like cricket, actually, the best player will get the captaincy. But I think because because basically they've sold most of the players that they've been that they've had kicking around for a long time, it's it's kind of made it a bit confusing. I mean, I, you know, had he stayed, um, you see, my choice would have been to give it to Mason Mount for for much of the similar reasons that I've been been spouting off. But of course, he went off to Man United, so that wasn't an option. There was a lot of talk I remember last season and the season before, you know, debating whether Reese or or, or Mace should get it, and my my choice was also Mace because I think that. I think that Reese, Reese is well. I mean, you know, makes takes all sorts, doesn't it? I, I would say he's a quiet leader. I, I, I don't, I don't know if he has the personality that somebody like Mason had, um, but you know, he has a presence, doesn't he? He's clearly looked up to by most of the side. He's arguably our best player when he's fit. 
he's homegrown, so he has the association with the club, so he gets it, which is important. So it kind of makes a lot of sense to make Reese captain. On the other hand, you know, you've got a guy who's been the captain of Brazil um, in the World Cup uh, and beyond, you know, I mean, an absolute born leader in Thiago Silva, who's not, and he is the senior pro, so you could argue, well, why didn't he get it? And then you've got somebody from the new recruits. I mean, Enzo, I would say, looks like a leader. And, uh, you know, maybe they could have thought about him. I don't have a problem with Reese. I get what you're saying, Gabriel. It's not good having a captain who's never playing. But I don't think you can legislate for that. But, uh, Jonathan, I, I can see your, your pride. John, sorry, kiddo, I should say, because I know JP's got his hand up too. Kiddo, quick riposte from you. Um. It's a business about the club captain because uh, Dave was club captain last year, even though he wasn't playing very much. Um, who, who have they appointed club captain this year? Have they not bothered with that? Well, I think I think they just stuck to Reese and had a load of, uh, you know, um, vice captains. I mean, Chile's the vice captain, but it's floating around at the moment because of the injuries. Isn't that, it? that that would solve the problem if it was if Reese had just been made kind of club captain and knowing they would then captain on the pitch, but. But or or if Silver was club was club captain, then he could come in um, and captain in Reese's place. But yes, it does seem rather peculiar having somebody just, just, who's going to get injured immediately. Just a quickie, J.K. It's interesting, isn't it? Because this is a debate I've heard um, a lot at international level. You know, and 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 one of the things you often hear, I mean, like in Italy, for example, they they make the captain of the national side the guy who's had the most appearances. I don't think they give us stuff about who's the captain in reality. No. Whereas in England, we seem to set great store by it. And I wonder if that's, if you go back through history, I mean, it's easy to say Bobby Moore kind of broke the mould as, as a captain. But actually, yeah. if you go back before that, Billy Wright, you know, in the 50s, and I mean, maybe even the 30s, 20s, you could, you could cite similar examples. So I think we set a lot of store by it. And I think when you're a new manager coming in, it's always like a big thing. Who am I going to name my captain? You know, in... Uh, uh, Ranieri turned up, and Mourinho, you know, made JT the captain. You know, it's it. The, the, I think there's an awful lot of stall we set by in England about that. The, the the point being, maybe we shouldn't. I don't know, JK. Yeah, I think there's too much emphasis being put on a a player being captain, and I think it gives. Well, once again, we don't actually know what's happening in the in the changing room. You know, perhaps he's attempting to uh, to give him some status. Perhaps he wants to give him some authority. Um, to create something happening on the pitch. Perhaps he doesn't want him to fuck off to Real Madrid. <laughs> As was always a possibility um, originally. But yeah, uh, once again, I think this is a an internal thing. It might be that he wants him to be more outgoing. He wants to create more of a personality with um, with uh, uh, with Rhys James. I mean, there was a moment when he, before he'd appointed him captain, where he got him to speak at one of the press conferences. And he he, he, he sort of, he, he was a, looked a bit shy, but he... He stuttered a bit and he had a few ideas and uh, and Pochettino patted him very heavily on the leg as if to say, well done. You know, so I wonder if he's attempting to um, make him more communicative, make him into more of a leader. Perhaps he likes leaders, Pochettino, and he can't really see anybody uh, there for the long term. So perhaps he's artificially attempted to make yeah, James into a leader. But unfortunately, um, uh, as you say, his, uh, his being... Uh, injured doesn't mean he's um, he's having much um, presence in the club yeah. in the same way. JP, uh, I know you wanted to come in, um, by all means do, and then, then I'll go to Martin. Cer uh, certainly. Um, <laughs> I think it's been interesting that 
once once the armband has gone on to Chilwell, um, these last few matches, it seems almost like a an allergic armband that's been on him. It his play is almost like all right, here's the armband, and his play is just kind of like gone, not been what it was and what we thought it was going to be. Um, and second thing, kind of on the captaincy thing in the states, I can say with American football, uh, the quarterback normally think of as the as a captain. No one really ever thinks anything about it, but it's talked about when your captain, when your quarterback is not the captain. So if it is someone else, then you're almost asking, well, why isn't our quarterback the captain? So I wonder if it is thought about in the same way, um, you know, like why isn't this person the captain? Like when they should, when you're thinking that they should be. It's a good point, JP. Martin, what say you? Uh, captaincy for me is just a ceremonial role. That's all it ever should be considered. Um, there should be no positive or negative effect to wearing it. And, you know, maybe we've been spoilt where we had a team full of captains at their na- at international level. Well, that's what you want. I mean, like, you yeah, know, that's you, what you want. You want we what we had with Mourinho. You know, there were like, exactly. I mean, there were actually, weren't there, something like five five of the starting 11 were actually captains of their national side. Well, so Terry, Czech, Terry, Balak, Essien, Drogba, Essien. Yeah, Probably more, yeah. actually, if we think about yeah, it. Yeah, it's probably a lot more. But it's, again, but if you shouldn't need an armband to show leadership on a pitch. No, I couldn't agree so. more. And, of course, there's been a dearth of leaders uh, in this team for far too long, I'm afraid. But there you go. Right, at this juncture, I will introduce to you two new arrivals uh, on the scene, one of whom we know very, very well, one of whom it's the first time we've been seeing him here, and he's got his lovely black cat with him as well. Uh, but first of all, Pierre... Or uh, remind us of your remind me actually of your Discord title because it's absolutely brilliant. Sorry to be late. I'm keep the blue flag flying high int north. Int north. So that's right. I'm Good. keeping it going up here in Yorkshire. You're up in Harrogate, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not t- too close to Leeds. It has to be said. No, cl- <laughs> not not too close to Leeds, and very close to Betty's tea rooms. Exactly right. Where I work is actually very close to the Leeds training ground. It's pretty much around the corner. Okay, right on, and, and it's good to see you, mate. We, uh, I love reading your stuff on uh, on Discord, as you know. I was about to introduce you to Mal's, but uh, he's he, he's disappeared. We'll introduce him later. Uh, we, in fact, his cat's disappeared as well, so I don't know what's going on with Mal. But we'll uh, we'll introduce him in in a minute. Uh, right, who would like to ask a question? Pierre is in. Oh, there we go. He turns up late, and he's in for a question immediately. That's quality. Yeah. Go for it, mate. I was going to ask, um, if you cast back your mind to when Frank took over um, and we had a lot of promising youth coming through, if if you remember Tammy in that period, um, I remember his attributes being quite similar to Nicholas Jackson now, but maybe a better finisher. I wonder who, who you'd have, if you could have a straight um, pick between Tammy Abraham and Nicholas Jackson, who you'd go for. And maybe there's another question in that, which is, are are the all these youth players we're buying in from all over Europe and even the world actually as good as as the talent we have in our academy that we're seeing as just pure profit or at least the board are not the probably not the match going fans. Two mahusive questions there, Martin. I'm going to give you first dibs on this one. Okay, um, to, to answer the first question, um, Tammy every time, and that's no knock on Jackson. Um, Jackson tries hard, but 
he had half a season at Villarreal where he came good. Prior to that, in the January window, his um, the clubs he was linked with were Bournemouth and Southampton. So I don't think that I don't think he's improved in six months to the level to be the Chelsea striker. I think Tammy Abraham had a bit more experience when he came through in the first team. He'd been on loan at um, Villa and I think Bristol or Swansea, possibly both. And yeah, I, I would um, take Abraham now. Unfortunately, he seems to have got he seems to have left Chelsea, but still got the injury bug because he's smashed his knee to pieces as well. So um, hope he get hope he recovers soon. Because if at, at the very least he he could get the chance to um, outshine Lukaku in the same team, which would amuse me greatly at Roma. Mm. Um, second question: um, I remain to be convinced that any of these. South American youngsters that have been signed are any better than what was coming through at Cobham. I have seen no evidence other than underage tournaments where you're playing at players at the same level that the players we already had in-house could have done the same thing and in some cases done better because we've had players who were representing England at underage level as well. So, yep, I think it's uh, an unintended consequence of... um, the financial rules that they've been allowed to, they've realised they can do this and have subsequently sold off a lot of these players, I fear it may come back to bite us if they're not good enough. JK? Um, I think Martin's very correct. I think Abraham is possibly a better player than Jackson. The trouble is I don't think Abraham was uh, was good enough for Chelsea. Um, and I, that's the problem is that I don't think anybody we're seeing play uh is an upgrade on in anybody of the better teams, I mean, which consequently means do we have to give them time? Um, which is people have now started saying again, which they did under Potter as well, you've got to give the process time. Um, um, I mean, perhaps once again, they've seen something in Jackson that went within Kunku that, I, that I've missed. Um, one always has hope watching new players, you want them to do well, but um, I found he's being completely bullied and missing that open goal against uh, Forrest made me think he isn't really up to, to scratch. And I'm I'm uh, I'm worried about the rest of them. I, I, you, you begin to not be able to know what to compare them with um, because we were so bad last year. So you keep thinking, well, they've done a bit better than last year and you shouldn't be doing that. You should be thinking, actually, um, they should all be elite signings. They, uh, and yet they're very young. So... Um, it, it's a it's a huge conundrum and the, the question about whether any of the, the the youth coming through i don't know what the youth coming through is like at all um uh and there was a period where i mean i would say i would evaluate at the moment where much the it's, it's the same level of competence from coming out from cobham and the ones we bought and i'm not seeing anything particularly special but is it because i'm not once again trusting the process um it's this is business of somehow having to accept uh, that they will improve, which um, we're, we haven't been used to at Chelsea for 20 years. We Long, were just Longer, longer. Long, people coming in and playing, you know, and being a top purchase and playing out of their skins from the beginning. I think we're, we're, we're back to the 90s, aren't we? I mean, we, I mean, we joked about, uh, you know, um, Graham Potterfield last year. Um yeah. I mean, it, you know, I think we're we're back to that. We really are because, you know, we bought. It's it's almost as if I mean I know we've spunked all this money up against the wall, 
And from what I understand, a lot of these youngsters were sought after, but they've done nothing yet. You know, I mean, they might be good in about three years time or something, but we, but not now. But before I answer that one, go back to Tammy, Pierre. I think the Tammy uh, question is, is actually quite difficult because Tammy actually did very well in that season with Lamps. I think he scored nearly, nearly 20 goals. Brilliant at the beginning, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, brilliant. He's, absolutely brilliant. He scored, yeah. he scored nearly, I can't remember how many. I don't think he quite managed to get 20, but he was not far off it. And, um, and that was not a particularly good side, if you remember. That was the side where we didn't, you know, we weren't allowed to make any transfers. And you can argue the toss about whether Lamps is a good manager or not. So, you know, he wasn't as though he was playing in one of our, our, our cracking sides of the last 20 years. And he still managed to bang away nearly 20 goals, which is what you expect from a striker. His goals-to-game ratio is actually, I think, in the top five of, of most of the stri- number nines in the Chelsea. I remember it because we did a show and I had I worked it out. So, you know, you can say that he did he did well. I think he did well at Roma. But then, you know, it's a farmer's league, you know, we, how many players have we come over here having scored hatfuls of goals over there and they look shit? So I don't know if that's too much of a barometer. I mean, the re- I think the, to answer the question and kind of factor in what both Martin and JK have said, I think Tammy's very, very good. I would certainly have him at the club, but he's not Diego Costa, is he? He's not Diego uh, Diego Drogba. You know, he's not Fernando Torres. You know, he's not a world cl- established world-class elite striker. And I think that then leads me into answering your second question, which is, you know, twenty for the last twenty years, near as damn it, that's what we've been doing. We've been, we've been buying the finished article. We've been buying proven world class talent, um, and we're not at the moment. And we're not at the moment because we're buying these young untried players. It makes us, you know, I, I go back to this bright, bright. I mean, you know, Tony Glover invented Arsenalification, and I think I invented Brightonization. And it and it does seem a bit like that that they're just trying to play this smart Tony Bloom type game of buying potential, and there's only one reason why they're doing that because they'll make a hell of a lot of money if they can sell them. So I think the Cobham kids are are easily as good. I mean, and equally you could say we have no idea because it would take them two or three years to to develop and blossom into good players potentially. So there yeah. we go. Does that answer the question? Yeah, definitely. Just very quickly as well on the Brightonization. The interesting thing for me is that even Brighton are actually have some experienced players in and about the squad as well. You see, they they bought J- James Milner, and a lot of us would say, "Well, why would you bring James Milner into that squad?" But they obviously see the need for it to for these young players to reach their potential. They can't do it in a vacuum, if if you like. The coach can do so much, but they need that experience alongside them. And I think the owners have overlooked that, perhaps. Mm. I mean, look, I, I, I like what I've seen of Jackson so far. I mean, his Salomon Kalu like miss apart. But uh, I don't know. I think maybe JK's got a, got a real... I mean, this is, in a way, Pierre, you've nailed the essential difference between me and JK, uh, who, who I love like a brother, as you know. JK doesn't adapt. And this is a, this is a positive thing, JK, before you get <coughs> upset. JK has seen, seen excellence at this club. And he will not accept anything other than that. He won't adapt to the, con- the the context or the circumstances. It's it's either you're absolutely fucking brilliant or fuck off, you know. And that's J.K. I adapt, but actually, I think his point was saying, you know, that a lot of us are going around saying, oh well, you know, they're a bit better than they were last year, and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I, I think actually J.K. has a, ma- a massive point here. 
you know, are, are the people like me who are saying, well, you know, Jackson looks all right. He moves around a lot. He's got a bit of a presence. You know, are, are we just, you know, readily accepting mediocrity without, you know, sleepwalking into mediocrity, if you like? JK, it will be a hill that he dies on. He won't do that, bless him. He won't do it. Right, mate? Bob, Bob's going to back me up here. Yeah, I am, actually. I, I'm thinking, you know, if we're paying, say, 25 to 35 million for these players, fine. But we're paying top prices for, you know, potential, which is, it's gambling. And it, it's, you know, it has to work out pretty much every time. Otherwise, you know, you, you, you're just throwing another, you're throwing another bunch of money down the drain. Now, I'm kind of with JK. When you pay $115 million for somebody, I want them to come out the starting blocks ready to go. And win the you game know? for you. Win the game for you. Yeah, at least. I mean, it would be nice just once. I, it's, it seems so long ago. I can't remember who, who was the last player that we bought. Put in within the first couple of weeks of buying him, and he scored. I can't think who who, who it is. And, and it would just be nice to have... A player that we spend gobs of money on, we put him in. He comes in, you know, and he scores. He won. Lukaku, huh? and then he went shit. It was probably Morata as well, and then he went shit. What did, what did yeah, you say? I... What did you say, JP? Higuain. Higuain. Oh, <laughs> yeah. surely not. Oh. Don't tell me he scored on his first game. I, I, I... He, he he scored. I think he. Well, my main memory of Higuain is um, motorboating some poor soul in the front row of the shed lower when he scored at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. God, he it's... scored against Huddersfield maybe a couple of times. I, I, I think I it. could have scored against Huddersfield, mate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just remember it because I was doing a tour of Old Trafford at the time and watching it on my phone. That's a, it's a, you, sorry, you've almost left me <laughs> speechless, JP, because the thought of Higuain has rendered me speechless. Jeff? Do you think the uh, uh, boards will adapt themselves sometime, uh, either by getting at least one or two or three players of experience just to fill the gaps and give the younger team, the uh, younger guys, uh, a helping hand, let alone ready-made top ballers? Uh, I, I, I think absolutely not, Jeff. I don't think they're interested. I, I know, they... but uh, yeah, what's going to happen? I mean, uh, if, you know, after three, four, five years um, and people start uh, turning away or... Yeah. or... They, they might do then. They might do then. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, that... I mean, it'll be really interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, the media, I, I believe, still haven't caught up. So it's all very much, oh, you know, Pochettino you know, finishes mid-table, he'll be off, you know, they won't have... They're still, they're still operating under the same yeah. regime. I, I, exactly. I, I mean, I think... I think I think they had to get rid of Potter because it was... It, I, I think even to them, it was so obvious that he was out of his depth. And as we used to say on the show, I, I really felt, honestly, if there would have been another five, ten games left in the season, we could have got relegated because it, 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 the whole place had gone to shit. There's no other way to put it. I mean, with Pochettino, I, I don't see that happening because I think he's a better manager and he's more experienced and he has more presence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, it'll be, you know, because really, look, the bottom line is with the club and the owners now is the bottom line. 
So everything that they do at this club is designed to add to the bottom line, to make money, to make profit. And if we consistently uh, you know, perform in a mediocre way, that has to affect the bottom line, even if it's just you know, not getting prize money from being in competitions, not getting television money from being going deep into competitions. It will that that will absolutely affect the bottom line because of course you know a, a good chunk of the club's revenue comes from TV rights you know so the the deeper you go into the Champions League the more money you make it's as simple as that so they might they might actually act then but whether they've got enough nous and sense to go and buy players that can win Chelsea games win Chelsea competitions is a moot point I I I don't know I mean I I think the guys that they've got in Win Stanley and Stewart particularly. Um, you know, I think I think they've got a plan. They've got a they've got a project. You know, and I think they're 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 operating it to a brief, which is to go and buy young, talented players with potential, with a view to if they if they're really really great, we will have success because they're good footballers. So we will we will get the success on the pitch that we desire to make money, and or we can sell them on and then do it again. I think I think what I mean I you know they said it. You know sometimes. Um, I cut, there's a wonderful phrase for this which escapes me at the moment but sometimes actually you need to believe what people say and they someone say, tells you what they are believe them the first time exactly that Martin it kind of works in this context because they said this they said that they, they, they love the way that Brighton is run what they want to be is a more elite level of Brighton and doing it the same way well all they're ending up at the moment is a shit version of Brighton you know that's the trouble so it's and, and as always I think it'll be about time you know how long can they sustain it how how long can they sustain mediocrity how long will we put up with mediocrity how long will the bottom line put up with mediocrity and that's something that none of us can really answer at the moment would anybody like to chip in on that martin well they've shown themselves to be so sensitive to criticism in the past already that they could change course on a whim because you know potter gets sacked the day after he Bowley and co get a loaded jip from people in the West Upper. So, you know, Chid, I know you've had, you know, other dealings with them and they seem to be very chippy at times and can't understand why supporters would be critical of decisions they've made or tried to make. They um, rode back on the stake sponsorship very quickly after a backlash. So they are malleable. They're very bad at PR and they, they like the smell of their own farts, mate, is how I would describe them. Well, thank sounds, you, Jeff. Jeff gave me a round of applause for that. It, it, all, it, all, it all sounds like they've got a massive belief that they somehow deserve to be treated like the saviours of Chelsea. Uh, yeah, you see, this which... is a this is a fascinating point, and I, I mean, thank you because I've got my article to write, and I and, and I haven't done it yet because I'm stuck. But uh, this is a very salient point, Martin. They do, I think, go around thinking that they're the saviours of the club. Not, there's not one person amongst us here. I can guarantee you that, or anybody I know at Chelsea who aggressively wanted them to be the owners. None of us asked for it. None of us wanted it. They're here on sufferance, period, until they prove otherwise. You know? And I, and I remember when Roman took over, it was there was euphoria because those of us who knew knew that the club had a week to go before it went bust. So it was like, go bust or have this. Now, you could say that there's an equivalence here with what happened when the Yanks took over. But I mean, Roman Roman ingratiated himself with us immediately, then hired, you know, then 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 did the decent thing and kept Ranieri on in spite of what perhaps should have happened, then hired 
um, the best manager in the world and, and bought some of the best players in the world at the same time. He started winning everything. And, of course, we were going to love him. There is a subtext to this as well, which, of course, is that during this time, Raymond also pissed us off thoroughly with a lot of the st- stupid things that the club were doing. I mean, I'm still having the same arguments against and, and, and rants against the club now about the same things as I was under the Roman Abramovich regime. But, I, I, I you know, I, I, I think because we had all of that success under Roman and, you know, basically he shouldn't really have gone. I mean, I'll argue that case hugely. Um, you know, whoever comes in are on a hiding to nothing. And I, and I feel for them with that. But for fuck's sake, have some humility, some self-awareness and some sense of history of which there seems to be absolutely bugger all. Well, I'll always refer back to there. Everything was wrong. There was no use of data. They were commercially deficient. Well, now you're scrambling around trying to invent companies to sponsor us. So who's commercially deficient now? Infinite Bellends or whatever the fuck they call themselves. I've got breaking news from Mixler. Uh, Mark Meehan is writing his CFC UK article, listening in now, he says. Mark, can you write mine while you're at it? There's a good chap. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm also getting a co-credit for something I said that Tim Rolls might use in his. Ooh. So, Yeah, I've, I've, I said something. It was between that and his other book he's doing about the Athens Cup final where I said are you going to call the chapter Acropolis now oh I like it I like it a lot I like it a lot I think he he said that it's more or less what he said when I suggested away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com When you follow a big team like Chelsea, one of the most frustrating things is not being able to get a ticket for the match, especially when it's away and not live on TV in the UK. What can you do? Get updates from your mates? Follow online commentary? Listen to the radio? Let's face it, it's not the same as actually watching the match live, is it? NordVPN have the solution to every football supporter's matchday problems when they can't watch the match live. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. It's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to NordVPN.com dot com forward slash Chelsea fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea football fancast. Up the Chelsea! Uh, who would like to ask a question? JP, Caroline, Caroline. So this question comes from my Twitter buddy, DM person, Jenny, who I've known for about 10 years. She lives in the UK. Um, we're actually going to the Aston Villa match in a couple of weeks. So I'm getting on a big plane. And um, she's, she wanted to know how 
What player would you switch from the current squad if you could take any player who ever played for Chelsea and put them in their place? <laughs> Can I answer that first? Because that's about the easiest question anybody in the world could ask me if you wanted to swap anybody from the current squad, uh, you know, Jackson for Drogba, because we don't have a striker. That was my choice, Drogba. There you go. Boys? But I'd leave Jackson on and and take Chile off on the wing because I don't think he belongs there. Yeah, you know what, Caroline? My first thought was was Ashley Cole, but uh, I do like Ben Chilwell. I just think he's being played in the wrong place. But uh, yeah, I think if you're talking about the current squad, like the last eleven that got picked, you know, it ha- would have to be Drogba for 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 Jackson because Drogba is probably one of the greatest strikers we've ever had at the club. And boy, do we need somebody of his calibre right now. Uh, JK, who would you choose? It would be interesting to see Frank Lampard playing instead of... Uh, it was an awful thing to say. Instead of um, Connor, really, because they're similar. Um, then you'd leave... Or, or, or Enzo, maybe. Uh, no, I think I'd give Enzo a chance. Uh, Enzo is one who I'm I'm willing to accept isn't at the moment playing as well as he played in the World Cup. And I, I think it's just the environment, not playing with the same players. He doesn't appear to have the same um, uh, dynamism about him. But once again, perhaps that was because they thought they were going to win the World Cup when he had uh, Messi and um, McAllister next to him. Do you, um, do you remember how uh, shit Lampard was in his first season with us? Because he was played, yeah, I, because I, he was played I, in the wrong position. I'm not using Lampard as a the, the early Lampard as a yeah. somebody I'd swap. I'm using peak Lampard. No, I, I know, but I'm just making the comparison with Gallagher, who's also playing in a wrong his wrong position, but is actually still playing pretty well. And I just suddenly thought, you know, if you compare Conor Gallagher and Lampard, I just I mean, we used to call Lampard in his first season with us lamppost because he just didn't move because he didn't he had he looked clueless because he was being played in the wrong position. And he was a youth, and yeah. he wasn't. He was very immature. wasn't formed particularly. But, and, um, interestingly enough, he was a very expensive youth. He was twelve million quid. Twelve million, yeah. I mean, I wonder what that would be in today's money if it would be approaching the kind of limit uh, limits that we're spending on some of these young players that potentially haven't done anything yet. And who was it who spotted him and gave him the chance, Lampard, knowing that um, he was somebody who would uh, ultimately become possibly the greatest Chelsea player ever? Mm, interesting, isn't it? Uh, but yeah, I, well, well right, perhaps 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 Connor's the wrong wrong player. Any, I, I'd I'd leave Casido in, but it would be either either um, uh, um, Enzo or Connor. Obviously, you'd have to have that for a midfield player. But the alternative is to put somebody even more more creative and have and, and definitely get rid of Connor and put Fabregas in or Hazard. Yeah, or I am fat Hazard would be the player. Of course, yeah, I'm, I'm being mad. I'd pick Hazard. I think just to make it. Make something happen, yeah. There's an argument, isn't there, that if Caroline and I put Drogba in, he probably wouldn't score any goals either because nobody would give him the ball. So you'd have to have Maluda in there somewhere. Flora Maluda, Luda, Luda, Flora Maluda. <laughs> whoop, whoop. He's, he's going to be there on Saturday. He is, he is. Yeah. yeah. You're going to take, we should take our inflatables with with us again. He loved that, didn't he? Remember that? You know, had an inflatable I banana. I can't. We had no. We had inflatable. I think they were fishes for some reason. You know, I had a banana. Did I, you? I, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's going back to the eighties, isn't it? No, no. I took one. I took one right about that time. Yeah. Martin will remember. What were the inflatables? That it was. It was. It was a, a European away game. 
Wouldn't oh, I've read the story about it, yeah. Probably random inflatables, and he took one from the crowd, didn't he? That's right, that's right. Martin, who would you uh, swap in and out? Hazard for any of the front three and give him a free roll. Yeah, good, good answer. Failing that, check for Sanchez. Good answer as well. Right, let's go round the houses. Jeff, who would you do? I think I would sacrifice one of these uh, uh, strikers, you know, uh, wingers for Zola. Mm. Oh, yes. Yes. Franco Zola, be still my beating heart. Uh, Gabriel? Oh, I was going to say Mata, um, but I'm struggling to like leave whoever's out. Um, maybe Corner, but he's also similar to Anso. So I'm I, I like Lampard's my favorite player. So I'd say Lampard for Corner. Good. Okay. Like I'm liking that. Now I can't quite see if Matt. Oh, Mal's right. We this is our chance to introduce. Mist. Well, you've got you've got that Malway. It's Mal's, isn't it? Is he going to answer me? I don't know. I think he's probably in a board meeting or something. He's on. He's on, okay. He's going to say two minutes. Take yourself off Zoom when you do, mate. All right, Pierre. I hate to be boring as well, but Hazard for me. I mean, I've supported Chelsea since I was eight, which was two thousand and eight, really. So it has. I think Hazard for his creativity, and I'd probably slot him in for Mudrick um, because he just is isn't not shown enough for me so far. Mm. But it, from a character point of view, I'd love to have Pat Nevin there because I've <gasps> I've not seen too much of him, but I just love Wee Pat and everything about him and everything he's about. So I'd love to see him there. Loving that, loving that, Bob. Osgood for Jackson. I knew you would say that. I knew you were going to say Osgood. I know you too well, mate. Uh, he was just he's just imperious when he was on the field. He stood head and shoulders above everyone else. He was just great. I've got a great answer here from Mixler. Actually, they're all playing this. Loving it. Actually, no, give them a, give them a go. Why not? Uh, Texas Dave, Hazard for anyone. Or Sanchez for check. Prayer says check. Or Zola on the left. Uh, Texas Dave says Trevor. I this is my favourite. Trevor Eilert for Gillette. J.K. <laughs> I like that. Uh, uh, Danny Francisco says Dixon. Uh, and uh, Mister Ian Burgess, oh, you are so having a laugh, mate. I I can't believe you're saying this. Graham. Oh, actually, okay, fair. I mean, actually, this is worth worth a debate in itself. But Ian says Graham Roberts for Dizazi cough. At least he can take a penalty, which is very true. And it's interesting, isn't it, uh, JK? Because uh, Roberts was actually brilliant for us for a couple of seasons. In, instrumental in getting us promoted. Was a great captain for the club. Uh, we, you know, basically kind of buried our issue about Spurs at the time, or at least I did. But subsequently, he's become a complete arsehole and has been completely Spursified again. He, he won't talk to anybody from Chelsea blocks you immediately on Twitter and has basically proven himself to be a bit of a wanker because I liked him as a player. But didn't he leave the, the club under a cloud? Didn't he have yeah. a row with... Yeah, we, we got rid of him because his legs had gone and he was too old and he didn't like it. Do you remember yeah. from the 50 Years show? Yeah, I remember, yeah. yeah but what, and he had a row with Bates as well, didn't he? He did. Well, he's is, so. is just backed it up. Uh, he's just, just a shame he's a massive prick, <laughs> which kind of says it all. Uh, right, JP, I what think... About yeah, what about uh, if you look at all the statistics that people have been pumping out this last week about how many chances we've been getting? You you plug in Diego Costa 
you can't think that we'd just be top of goals right now. I mean, and and just his piss and vinegar attitude is something I would love to see back yes. back on the side. Yes, yes. We go to war, you go with me. Yes, yes, I did love Diego Costa. Uh Mals, are you are you 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 with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? I can, mate. It's lovely to see you. Hey. Where are you? Hello, and you. Where are you zooming from? Uh Sunny Berkshire. Sunny Berkshire. There we go. I think you are. No, Pierre's from up in Harrogate, so we've got two 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 UK residents with us. It's lovely to see you. Thank you for joining in your first uh, Q and A show. I would have thought. <clears throat> Absolutely, the first. And give me Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. See, now, there you go. You just you just warm the cockles of both J.K. and my heart, hasn't he, J.K.? Shoot on sight. Get into a position. Exactly. Just shoot. Top, top right or left hand corner. No, no touch. No thinking about what can I do with it. No pushing it across. No, no looking for somebody else to pass to. At utter selfishness and and give, not giving the goalkeeper a chance to settle. Brilliant. And those big eyes. Yeah, yeah. I I always feel really dirty uh, talking about uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselman because I, I had to make a program for Sky many years ago, which was a cracking program, and um, uh, it was all about the greatest goals ever scored against Man United. So. For the Chelsea ones, we had Jimmy's goal up at Old Trafford. Uh, that one where he, he just cracked that volley straight into the to the left, uh, the right hand side. I think I can't remember now, but it was a cracking volley from just outside the penalty area. But in the lead up to it, and 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 I blame myself for this because it was still seared on my memory in terms of bitterness. But I was at the nil nil against Blackburn uh, in about two thousand and twenty two, where Jimmy cracked off not one I think two shots in the game from around 25 30 yards out quite central and they both missed the corner flag they actually went out for throws and 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 I and it and it, it pissed me off so much that I kind of alluded to I you know I I gave with the wonderful volley against United and I took it away because I was still bitter about the fact that he'd missed it and I've always felt really bad about that afterwards because the reality was of course, he lost that yard of pace with that injury. So I always, so actually, I think that that explained it. He wasn't getting to the ball in the timing that he used to have. But uh, I always feel slightly, slightly bad about that. But there you go. Um, who would like to ask? Who who have we not had a question from? We haven't. I don't think we've had one from. Well, we've had one from Gabriel and Jeff and Caroline. Uh, Mal's we need one from and uh, and JP. JP, we haven't had a question from you yet, have we? Or have we? I have a memory like a goldfish, so you know, just just in case you're worried. No, not yet. Uh, I do have a question. So, from a stateside person like myself, what is what's something when I when I turn on the on the television or on my phone, depending on where I'm at? What is something that, as you, I hear y'all talk every time, you're walking up to the bridge you're you're ready to go in what is something that you can kind of pass on that you pick up that <laughs> that you know you're ready for the match you know that like you're ready to be there it's something that like it's hard to describe that it's something that you can kind of pass on to somebody you know i guess it could be is it the same people you talk to is it the food is it like what is it that's like i can't describe it you you obviously have to yeah. You have to be there to experience. Yeah, other than the smell of horse shit and fried onions. Although that <laughs> yeah. would, but that would be up there. I think for me, you know, it's never the same for me if I don't go to the CFC UK stall first 
and see Marco and DJ and uh, and Jason and uh, all the other usual suspects who go there. It, it doesn't. And I, I've done matches where I I haven't done that, and they've always felt really really different. So for me, I would say that. But to be really honest, JP, I think it. I mean, I saw all the boys will say this. Anybody who's gone will say this. It's just. I mean, we we all go to the Cock Tavern, as you know, and that's uh, it's at the bottom of North End Road, so it's about a fifteen twenty minute walk to the ground from there. So we we kind of walk round Fulham Broadway, past the CFC UK stall and the Tube Station, and then up the rest of the Fulham Road and then into the stadium. That walk is just lovely because you do bump into people you know that you haven't seen in the pub, and you just get the sense of the atmosphere. Everybody's buzzing. You get a, a, you know just a sense that you know you're going to a football match and it's hard to it's really hard to explain what that's like uh but that that for me is so important jk and martin could probably do it far more justice than me jk you're you're very eloquent dear boy i'll allow you to if you turn your mic on that would be helpful maryland i was making lots of spluttering noises actually and and, and i just heard you say maryland (laughs) second um uh I mean, yes, one can love all of that, and I love walking out of the station and hearing all this, the, 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 you know, only a pounds and uh, um, buy your half and half scarves and uh, and uh, all the and people asking you, do you want any tickets? So you might want a ticket for the game, ticket for the game, which is supposed to be illegal, of course. Um, but that's all part of it. But in actual fact, all I want is for the game to start and for us to get the ball in the back of the net. You know, that's my my big thing. I just enjoyed ever since I was little. I just love us scoring. Um, and it, it's only as I've got older have I discovered vaguely that there are ways and means of stopping people from doing it and ways and means of, uh, um, of making it the best thing that you could possibly do with, with certain patterns of play. Before, when I was little, I was quite happy for the ball just to be booted up the pitch and then, you know, headed in, um, not knowing that that was the, the old British way was being um, uh, taken to the cleaners by all European opposition. And then Hungary beat us 6-1. Um but uh, yeah, everything you just said. I the, the um, I sit in the east stand, so you've got a long walk, a longish walk all the way past the uh, um, the other entrances. So you get people coming, walking towards you to go back down to an entrance that you just walked past, and uh, it's just all part. It's it's very difficult to put your finger on it. It's just something if you've got a a season ticket, which you know I, I suppose looking back is. Um, for people who can't get tickets, I just take it too much for granted. But it's something that I've done. My dad had a season ticket, used to let me use it. Um, and we used to go along and watch the games when we weren't very good and uh, always get in. We used to pay one and six to get in, paid less than that. I think one and three, even a shilling, which is God, 12p. Um, uh, but even that, there's a, there's a joy about going to watch your favourite football team that is, that is it's, it's difficult to put your your finger on it's the it's the tradition it's the ritual it's the um it's the hoping your team is going to win and this is why i always i i the the more elite the better they've got the the better the experience has been for me so um all right it's a journey of adventure now and yes it's joyous to be in the stands with with people you've been sitting with for 30 years but at the same time we're all elated by the team playing wonderfully and at the moment we're not and yet we're still going through the the ritual we're still going and watching but it it, everybody is now a critic and uh everybody is so much more informed of way teams should play 
And I think one of the things of having long, longevity as a supporter is you really know when somebody is bad and, it, and the somehow it's just not clicking, which which um, uh, doesn't stop you from going, but it just makes the experience more of a chore. Because I think that the dilemma is, is that we we I've been watching. They've just got better and better and better and. Have, have hired brilliant managers and had great players, and we're suddenly in a very strange place at the moment, as we were last year. And yes, you wanted to be built up, and I'd like to go with the journey of us being built up and going back to the level, the great level that we had. But at the moment, it's um, glaringly obvious that it isn't working. So, uh, I mean, but yeah, just, just, just about just about yeah. in. You know, it, it, here's the thing. If we were going to go through a load of shit seasons where the football was crap and we were crap, I, I would much rather do that with a, a bunch of homegrown youngsters that have come through the club than I would with a bunch of foreigners that I don't know or never seen play or never heard of and who's cost us lots of money who don't necessarily buy into the club. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to say I would accept as being shit because that would really annoy me, but I would kind of... I would go with the ride, you know, and I mean, I, I, I mean, in a sense, possible. I mean, you know, maybe I'm, you know, kind of revealing my age in a way because I mean, I was a bit too young for '76, '77 when Eddie McCready's team did that, but um, you know, I was around for a lot after that, and and and, and there was that sense, wasn't there, that you know, we'd been really shit, and then we. Ca I mean, having said that, you know, John Neal's team team of '83, '84 has just basically done what, what. Uh, you know what the club have done now i mean they brought five in for the first match of the season none of us had a scooby who they were well and of course in those days you turned up to find out you'd bought half a team because there was none of this transfer window nonsense or wall-to-wall 24 7 coverage you turned up looked at the program oh okay who's that then and of course they hammered derby 5-0 and the rest yeah, is history they, they hit the ground running they Chief. did that didn't they? They so did. you, were, you were behind them from the beginning yeah they set their own they set their own yardstick didn't they they set yeah. their own anyway i managed to argue against myself successfully in the mark of two sentences which even for me is quite legendary <laughs> uh martin yes, should, should, i think sorry, one sorry, of the mate. problems is, is that is that it, because there's such an enormous price tag with a player yes of course you'd prefer to have somebody from the uh um from the from the youth coming through and you'd probably embrace them more and i i just worry how much the price tag actually affects players, you know, to for Casido to be on the pitch knowing he's the most expensive player in in Britain is is that having an effect upon him or does he just slough that off? I I don't know. What he's laughing all the way to the bank, mate. Martin, Martin, what 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 say you uh, in terms of uh, the match day ritual? Depends. I mean, the start of the season, you kind of what you said earlier, which is seeing the people you haven't seen for a few months, and then. In the area around where you, where I am, it's like seeing people who I would never see unless I'm inside Stamford Bridge with them. So that's part of the appeal. A um, few additional things I do en route is I try and go through Brompton Cemetery wherever I can because it's a bit more scenic than the other parts, than the other roads. Um, come winter time, that's not available to you unless um, it's an early afternoon kickoff because it's daylight and they normally shut the bloody thing at half three or something ridiculous um and yeah i can't really add much more to that really i just you kind of you, there is a little the, you you notice when you when you get to the ground where you, you know you used to go around police horses you don't anymore i don't know what's changed 
Maybe it's because we, when we played Newcastle, they wouldn't bring them out in case no, they punch them or something. They can't oh, afford God. the hay, mate. Broken Britain. Hay. There's no haymakers. Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. Very good. I mean, you know, there's some people here that I, I know for a fact have, have, have spent many a, uh, a, 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 you know, a day. Well, I mean, we always used to say, didn't we? It was a, it was a great day out ruined by 90 minutes of football. But uh, I would imagine Jeff, certainly, Mal and uh, Ian, Pierre's, kind of embarking on his journey so i mean ian mal jeff what what, what were your favorite bits about the ritual of going oh possibly for me I, I i'm a bush baby so i'm surrounded by qpr so, so for me it was being able to get to the north end road pick up uh some shopping with my nan and then say can i go to football and she'd say i won't tell you your mum <laughs> and then sneaking in, and then sneaking in, because yeah. in those days it's under the turnstile, over the turnstile, get a big figure, jump over the shed wall. Yeah. That's that's, and it's been like it ever since. Yeah, that's absolutely magic. Yeah, and that's, and my brother will always tell me my first game was in '66, but I was six, so how do I know? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I mean, my, it's my fun- big brother. It, it's funny actually, uh, Mount, because I mean my. My dad took me to my first game at the bridge in 76. It wasn't even a Chelsea game. It was an FA Cup semi-final. But it, it, it was that walk from the tube station to the ground. That, that was it. I was sold forever. It didn't matter that it wasn't Chelsea. It was just there's something special about that place and that walk. And it's funny that without even thinking about that, that's exactly kind of what I said, you know, in the in the yeah. answer. But there is, there, it's, 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 it's hard to describe. Jeff, what about you, mate? Yeah, um... When I first started going in the early 70s, um, I remembering the uh, the train ride from Wimbledon to Fulham Broadway, would, that would be, the, say, the start, round about lunchtime, and it would be re- really jam-packed. And, you know, getting air was, uh, you know, let alone getting a drink. I mean, that wasn't so important in those days. Um, but then the release, getting out at Fulham Broadway, and then, like you said, that walk, that iconic walk to to the ground um and that would then be this sort of like free air walking and then possibly meeting up with people and whatever then going into the ground actually going in would be a crush and then you'd have like about half an hour before the terraces would be crushed for, for a few hours so then it'd be back to the crush to go back to Fulham Broadway on your train, another crush, and uh, yeah, we would not so be like a five or six hour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- these were sort of like the sixty thousand crowd times, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a very different. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> very different world then. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, quite, quite. It was quite. It's quite unique. It's quite, quite amazing that we allowed ourselves to be treated like that. To be honest, but. Uh, you just accepted it, didn't you? Now, we haven't heard from him. He's just popped in to say hello. He's been in Mixler, actually, because I, I alluded... Well, I, I actually I kind of spoke to him via Mixler, which sounds a bit of a weird thing to do, but I I quite often talk to myself, so it's not, not unusual for me. Uh, but we've got Ian Burgess, the Burge, in the house. Ian, how lovely to see you, mate. It's... um Yeah, I think it's lovely to be here. I think so. Okay. Yeah, it is. It's all right. Yeah, Re- it reflect on it. You can always... You can tell us uh, later how it was, but it is good to I, see I, you. I nearly hung up straight away when you said you're going to talk to us, but I thought, no, I'm going to, I'm going to battle through and 
and talk about Chelsea and how much they're doing my nutting at the moment. But in terms of like that question about match days, I was, I was thinking about this. And it was like when I was a young man in the 80s and it was it was going through the shed entrance and walking up those stairs and just seeing that just people. And as like a 10-year-old, it was like, oh my God, this is the, this is the life. Yeah. And like we were, then we'd like get pumped 3 0 at home by Nottingham Forest or something. But then you'd come back two weeks later and you'd go through it all again. Nowadays, as a as an older man, like I travel down from Newcastle, and there's a group, good group of lads. So you meet up and you and you even even on Saturday before the Forest game, you're talking. You know what? We can finish top four, and you go for a couple of pints, and the optimism swells a bit more, and you're thinking, yes, yes, this is it. And then, then you, then you have the ninety odd minutes, and you think. And we all sit in different parts of the ground, so I'm like Matthew Harding lower there in the shed. So, you, so you do that kind of walk back to the to the train station, the post mortem of random strangers as you walk back, just going, what what went wrong? What went wrong? And why Sanchez is such a terrible goalkeeper and all the other stuff. So, so, so yeah, it's 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 devolved over the years. Um, but but it's it's still that it's still that feeling. I think I wrote in the other week saying it was the first time in many years where I had that kind of that sick feeling in your stomach, or like of nerves or anticipation. It was something which was this season felt really new, and and the conversation with the guys I go with changed a little bit as well. It, I think the expectations. So yeah, it's just it's just. Yeah, it's just great going. I think that's the that's the crux of it. It is, isn't it? And I think the brilliant thing that comes out of what what you said there, Ian, is that everything has changed, but nothing has changed. Correct. Yeah, isn't it? You know, that's bizarre, yeah. isn't it? When you think about it. Well, there we go. That was I enjoyed that. That was great fun. Um, we need another question, and I think we haven't had one from Mal, and we haven't had one from Ian. So I shall ask Mal if you ha- if you have a question, Mal. Two seconds. Ian, if you've got a question, this is yeah, your time. Uh, yeah, uh, it's my time to shine. Outstanding. So, so I'm I'm a big fan of goalkeepers or not goalkeepers at the moment. I'm I'm thinking back over the last thirty five years, who who is the worst goalkeeper that we've seen? Because there <laughs> there's at the minute this current crop for the last three or four years of tested my patience. And I'm 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 thinking was it was it three stone was it Perry Digweed well, I think but you say that that shot with his face against whoever it was and so that's fine I, I, who who is the worst I, I I can't think of of many which are as bad as the current crop that we've had for the last well I don't know well, I don't know I think well, I think I there's a Barota few Barota was consistently appalling yeah, yeah. Uh, see, that's after my time so I, I'm my my first keeper I remember was. Big Eddie, and then his knees went, and then it yeah. was like Freestone, Hitchcock, Big Weed, Besant, Besant, yeah, Ed Dehoy, Dimitri Carine, yeah, Car- he had his moments, didn't he? I was, I tell you what, recent times, if I was to pick one, if you were forced, would force me to pick one, I might go for Marco Ambrosio, right, the flapper. Mm. We used to call him Ambrosia creamed rice because he was about as useful as a rice pudding. But then for me, it's a toss-up between him and Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sullivan was very Sullivan was very poor. Yeah, yeah he was a bit past his sell by that. What about uh, Ross Turnbull? Oh. Oh. 
I brought back yeah. terrible memories. I've, I've just triggered Ian, I think. He's, he's uh-huh, going to have I'll a lie down. down. Yeah, oh, I, just, down. I just remember a game at Anfield where he it was after we'd won the FA Cup final and we are playing Liverpool again at Anfield and Turnbull played. Can we get done 4-1? Yeah, presumably because everyone else is too pissed. Um, yeah. But either, I just seem to recall at one point I've said out loud, Turnbull's not done too badly. He hasn't fucked up yet. Boom. A minute later, he wellies one straight to one of their forwards and we're 2-0 down or something ridiculous. That was the game where I'm convinced John Terry played and he was absolutely smashed out of his head. Here we go. Got one from Mark on Mixler. He's suggesting uh, Craig Forrest. Oh, that was the emergency loan from Ipswich. Craig Forrest, who's most famous for conceding nine goals against Man U in 1995. Yeah, that was a good, uh, good one. Um, yeah, Ross Turnbull reminded me actually. I remember that you know that famous uh, Brentford away in the cup when Benitez got absolutely coated off, and you could use another C word actually, and it would have been probably more accurate. Um, but we spent half the game chanting Ross Turnbull's won the European Cup, European Cup. And I mean, bless his little heart. I, I he thought we we were we were doing it in a very you know we were ab- we were being absolutely one hundred and fifty percent ironic. He did not realise that, which made me makes me feel quite sad. But uh, but there you go, poor old Ross. Um, great question, uh, Ian. Um, Mal, are you ready for your question? He is. You're on mute, mate. Oh, I'm off mute now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll give you all a tenner. Where are we going to finish this season if we don't buy a striker? Ooh, I I give all the really hard questions to Martin first. Uh, By the way, my name is actually Martin, but I put that because of Mr. Wickham there, so we don't get confused because he knows far too much. That's very kind of you. That's very considerate. With Martin squared together. I'm about to disprove that theory with this shout. Um, so, without a striker, I'm going to say ninth at best. Mm, JK? Wouldn't Kunku be considered a striker, though, if he reappears at, after Christmas? I think he'd have to, but we don't know how long he's out for. I mean, there's no. four months is a, is, a generous, is a generous estimate. Four months is when he starts his return to training. So... Mm-hmm. Will he, be any, will he get back any get match Yeah. Hmm. Mm. JK, what do you reckon, mate? Well, if 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 um, Jackson is as easily sussed as he was against Forest, then uh, I, I think Poch has to reappraise. But surely Poch has to reappraise anyway, because at the moment he's got Colwell playing left back and Chilwell playing left wing, which surely isn't what was ever supposed to be the uh, uh, the team selection, particularly after pre-season. I mean, I know the spanner was in the works because of Nkunku, but um, no, I, I I don't want to get into my pessimistic phase because I actually said I thought we'd finish third, but I suppose that was that was thinking that they wouldn't have all these injuries, but um, and presuming that Sterling didn't play well and but would be on his bike, but Sterling having. He sent us a bit of a curveball, having played wonderfully against Luton and then similarly was snuffed out against Forrest. Uh, I don't know, I can see us. Uh, I, I fear that if we have another, and say we have three more bad results or four four with losses in them, I think uh, the season could be disastrous, I'm afraid. How how disastrous? Uh, fighting for, against relegation. So like um, last season, but worse. Yeah. 
Because, of course, last season, if it hadn't been for Tuchel's 10 points, we that's exactly where we would have been. Yeah. I really don't know. Um, I mean, you know, go on. Sorry, go on, JK. You're about to... I might say I don't know. You don't know. I don't, once again, I don't, you know, because we're, we're sort of having false dawns, aren't we? We thought, I mean, on reflection, perhaps we shouldn't have been so enthusiastic after the Liverpool game because they don't they don't defend him our mass, but we just cannot deal with the block in the slightest. So I don't. Um, uh, I, I, I wouldn't be worried. I don't, you know, I think Forest was a, sh- a steep learning curve for them. I'd like to hope they do learn from that. Well, it was a forward. bit similar to West Ham, though. So I don't, you know, that's two learning curves because well, just, do have to do have to give have to give a little bit of an allowance, unfortunately, because they've just ripped the guts out of the team so comprehensively. We shall yeah. see. I, no, as we keep saying, when you, you lay back and accept the process, hope Pochettino. No, I'm not accept. I'm not accepting it at all. I'm just telling you that's what that's people what, want uh, you to accept. No it, bullshit. No, I'm not, no one's doing that here. Fuck that. You know, yeah. just because you say something's happened doesn't mean you accept it. Well, I think. I mean, I, I, I mean, I I acknowledge who's in charge of this country. I don't fucking accept them being in charge. Exactly that. And I mean, I think the other thing you know to remember with all the revisionism that's going on is that, I mean, you know, I still won't have it, actually. I mean, I know people said the football was turgid, but I think people forget the nuances and the context about what happened in, you know, to Tuchel post the Juventus game with the injuries, COVID, everything going wrong. Um, But we still got to two cup finals that season. So, you know, the revisionism that goes on, you know, we were world champions. We were competing. We were still competing for trophies. We were a gnat's cock away from winning either the League Cup or the FA Cup or both. And we've gone from there to to mediocrity. And that that's really fucks me off, frankly. But anyway, um, what do I think is going to happen this year? I mean, in all honesty, I've got absolutely no bloody idea. I mean, half of me, half of me, uh, you know, the positive side of me clings to the fact that actually Poch is a good manager and these players are good. And it just needs a bit of time for them to gel and work it out. And then you never know. But I, I mean, the reality is I still think that there are easily five maybe six teams who are better than us either because they are i mean like city are better than everybody aren't they arsenal are uh, you know they're they're a good side being managed well they bought well they're on a bit of a high from last season uh you know newcastle with all that money united look a bit of a basket case like us at the moment but there are teams that are that i would expect to be better than us this season I don't like it, but I think that's the case. I mean, I think the, I, 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 you know, if if we got top four, it would be so way above expectations. I think, from where we are now and where we were last season. But you know what? Because it depends on how other people play. I mean, you know, Spurs. If, I mean, Spurs are looking horribly good at the moment, but you know, we fully expect them to blow up at around. Their, their, fa- their fans are happy. I do not like this. Yeah, well, their fans are happy because they've been so miserable for years, you know. But the, the, it will make their demise all the sweeter. But you know, I, I, top, top four, I think, is is would be remarkable, frankly. Um, but I, 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 ninth, you know, I, I, I think we're, we're we're kind of you know, if we could get to be the best of the rest, I think that that wouldn't surprise me. But you know, as I said, there's I've got I've got a. I've got a, a hope that it does gel and that these players do turn out to be really good. But I, I think we're in such a weird... I mean, I, you know, the, the thing is, we're, we're in such a land of the unknown here because, you know, we've ripped out most of the team. 
You know, we have no idea how these players are going to perform or what they're going to be like. It's just, it's impossible to call it, I think. You know, and then you factor in all the other variables, like how how well everybody else plays. You know, there's always one or two teams, aren't there, that, that go on. I mean, like Villa last year went on a stonking run towards the end of the season. And then there are teams that nosedive that you don't expect. So it's a, it's a very hard league to predict outside the usual suspects. Well, at present, we're ahead of Newcastle. Well, yeah, exactly. So there you go. And, and at present, we're behind Spurs. So, you know, it, yeah. but we're, we're like, what, four games in? I mean, it's it's very early on. It'd be interesting to see who they buy in January, if in fact they do. I mean, if, if they were, for example, to get a proven goal scorer or a proven creative player, or going back to what Jeff said earlier, if they wake up and smell the coffee and actually buy some experienced players and get you over the line. You know, who knows? We don't know what's going to happen, but... I, I think right now we, we look like a mid-table team and I wouldn't be surprised if we end up mid-table, but I really hope that that's not the case. So who would like to chime in on that one? Because this is one for all of us, really, I think. Just put your hand up and then... Yeah, I think... Go on, Jeff. That, uh, eighth at best because of the mentioned reasons. Uh, you can always go the other way around. They do start to gel get a few players in uh, in January or it goes the other way and uh, the confidence just really starts to go the other direction and you don't know where the next goal is coming from and the next point it's like last season mm. I mean what, what... They, can't, they can't buy anybody else now can they surely in well, January they, but they, they might have to I mean, no, you know, let's say they get injuries or they wake up whatever I mean one one thing that that, that I that I would say is that you know, because they've got rid of so many of the players who've been around for a long time, I do think that if it does go tits up, it won't get toxic. You know, you won't you won't have players around saying, "Go, oh, this is shit." You know, this isn't what we're used to. We're not going to bother putting it in for him. He'll be gone next week, because they're all relatively young and they've all pretty much come in together. I I I think, and I think Poch is a very good man manager. I I think we might avoid that kind of chucking it all in because there's no point because it's not as good as it used to be kind of syndrome. I think the fans are more likely to do that before before the team unusually. So that kind of gives me a bit of hope. Uh, Gabriel uh, wanted to come in and then then Pierre after him. Uh, Pretty much exactly what you said. Um, I do believe Porchi is a good manager and he's proven that he can uh, make a young team look good. And I also think that without the uh, the down two players last season and, and with everything happened and Porch still agreed to come in, um, he won't let our youth um, like just relax and do like nothing. And he will definitely take people out if they're not performing well. So I, that gives me like hope too that he will push everyone. And I don't see us like, getting down to it's probably just gonna be like uh, fans that are extremely um frustrating to see like us not getting back up there but i'm gonna say eighth or seventh hopefully because i can i totally agree that there are teams that are way ahead of us in terms of progress and where we are as um in terms of performance in a league yeah definitely Do you know what would be really great well somebody martin i always defer to because he's more intelligent than everybody i know martin where do we have to finish to get into the european conference uh seventh isn't it yeah i'm gonna go seventh 
because then we can go into that and then we can win that next year and we generally gen, you know generally will have won the lot when we win that one apart from the Johnson's paint trophy Remind you with the amount of under 21 players we have we've got a good chance indeed, of that too now. indeed so there you go uh, Pierre terribly boringly I want to agree with everything you said um, I think the key difference for me this season where, where I think we will do better than last season is I, I do think things will gel under Pochettino um, because I think with Potter there were, there were two main problems with him there, there was number one was his whole mentality where it was almost devil may care if we win or lose um, and it, yeah it was always trust the process but Pochettino has come out early and he does seem to have some of that winning mentality the other thing about Poch, I think, is that he, we're all getting cross with him at the moment for playing Chilwell in the wrong position, probably rightly. But what he is doing is doing consistent lineups, and he's, he's going to allow it to gel. Um, and I think I think that could be really important. And that was kind of the impression I got against when we played against Liverpool. Um, you could see a team that wasn't it, we played well, but we weren't super fluent yet. People didn't know exactly where the other players would be. And I do think that will come with time as Potch plays people consistently. He plays Sterling as a right winger, not as a left back and all that sort of thing. All right. I agree with that. Uh, Burge, you got to, you want to talk about Ivan Tony, don't you? I, I, I just feel like I'm a misplaced optimist in this little group at the minute. I think there's a, I think there's a lot of green shoots yeah. at the moment. I think... Um, I think even Forest, there were there were elements where we looked like a, a bloody good team. Yeah. Um, we just we just we just we're not clinical enough. I, and I agree with people thinking that and saying that Poch is um is a good manager. And I think for all this nice, everyone's lovely. He's lovely. I think he can be. I think he's got a balls made out of steel as well, and he'll give Rollickins where Rollickins are deserved. And I don't think I ever felt you'd get that from. Um, Potterfield. Um, so I think from that perspective, I think there, I think there's plenty to come. I think without without an Ivan Tony, and we'll put air quotes around him, I think we'll be eighth, seventh. I think if we got a Tony in and he came in all singing or dancing in the Jan window, I think he'd get 10, 12 goals in the second half of the season. And I think we would we would be a much, much clinicaler team. Yeah, um, and he's got a bit of the coster about him. He's a bit of a bully. I like, I like yeah, his attitude. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan, and I, I write this a lot on X or Twitter or whatever you call it. We we need a bit of a prick. We haven't. We're a team of lovely boys yeah. at the moment, and and what we need. And Tony, I think, can be that prick. Yeah. He can be have that little bit of steel, um, and he knows where the goal is, right? And he can take a penalty, yeah. and he can knock people out of the way. So, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'd have him I'm, like a I'm shot. Optimistic. I'd have him. Yeah. I'd have him like, race, I'd have him like though, a shot. I think there are five other clubs wanting though, That's and no indication he wants to leave Brentford. Yeah, well, he gave that interview, didn't he, to that that CEO podcast thing where he did this um, that he, he sees Brentford as a stepping stone, and he and he's and he will be looking for that next move, which puts some Brentford fans in meltdown and other clubs fans in like, oh, we've got a chance here because he he doesn't see his long term at Brentford. So I I I think he'll be agitating come Jan for a, for a move somewhere. How old yeah. is he? How old is he? Anybody know? Late twenties, I think, isn't yeah. he? Well, that's the end. We can't have that. Could be under twenty-five, isn't he? Apparently, we're not allowed to oh. buy anybody over the age of twenty-five. Yeah. Should be Awful. overpaying for Evan Ferguson then. <laughs> I think I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, right, who have I not heard from? JP and Mal, I think, and Caroline, of course. Caroline, you first, because we haven't heard from you for a while. Where are we going to finish? Where are we going to finish? Um, 
I think if we finish in the top 10, we've had a good season. I think we have to be patient. Mm. Yep. You know, and it hurts because we haven't had to be patient. <laughs> I mean, people from before 2000 have had to be patient. Um, but I think the fan base is very different since since the Roman era. And people expect wins. We expect to win. We expect to be top of the league. We expect to win trophies. And, and you know, this is, it's different. Mm. We have to be patient with it. So I think top 10 is, is a good shot. I think um, there's talk that the top five in the league will go to Champions League because of the expansion. So there might be up to eighth place for European. Um, but I think it depends on if they expand Champions League or not. Mm, interesting. Food for thought. Bob? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of mid-table. Um, you know, like say, Potter couldn't organize a piss-up in a brewery, you know. Uh, and I think we're still paying for part of that. Um, now that we've got rid of all the old players that had you know, work under Potter, um, I think if they get their act together and they put a few decent runs, you know, like three or four wins on the trot, yeah, I think upper mid-table, you know, between 10th and 8th. Mm. So there's a pretty broad consensus about this. We've got JP and Mal to come. JP, what do you reckon, mate? I was, exactly what I was about to say. Seven, eight, may, maybe higher than that, but I think we, we've got to get our, I mean, Sanchez, I don't know what's, what's going on. We got to, we got to almost firm up it's what we were strong on a couple of years ago. And now we're having a firm up from the back and kind of reassure everybody. And I think if we can get that settled and I don't know if it's bringing over the MLS guy, if he's going to be the answer, I don't know, but maybe, maybe seventh or sixth, but it's probably eighth or ninth. Mm. <laughs> With regard to a fifth champions league place, it depends on UEFA coefficients on in the country. So right. if, England are in like the first or second spots for um, UEFA coefficient, which is dependent on how other teams do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Then there will be a fifth spot, and it goes into that stupid reform Champions League model from next season. Yeah, that's very. But true. mind you, I think I do think some of those predictions made from outside of Chelsea circles, I think some of them were trying to intentionally create a hostage to fortune, where they were saying, "Oh, oh Chelsea could finish third. Could Chelsea could." Finish? I think one said second, and I thought, "Are oh, you smoking crack?" So um, I think there's definitely some predictions that were intentionally quite high, so that in six months' time they could say, "Oh, Chelsea aren't performing to expectations." No, you just made a divvy prediction. Well, the narrative that they're putting out is, of course, that we should win the league because we spent a billion pounds. You know, it's just so. Yeah. stupid but there you go it's, in, it's insidious but you know we know what they're doing but they won't challenge it no I know uh, finally Mal sorry Martin oh I, I put the 12 in the chat I think after the end of October we'll see where we really are and it's going to go one way or the other um, and I'm hoping on 12 hmm. yeah I mean, we're all broadly, I mean, I don't know how to take this. Either we're all miserable and pessimistic or we're actually really smart and uh, and realistic. realistic. Yeah, you know, realistic. realistic. Yeah. 
And I think actually, you know what, Martin, I think that's not a bad place to be because, you know, I mean, Caroline mentioned it a minute ago. Uh, Burge mentioned it in the chat. I love this, by the way. I've now got two Mixlers going on. I've got these guys doing what they do on Mixler in the chat bit, as well as the Mixler. I, 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 <laughs> nothing of you lot surprised me. I absolutely love you to pieces. It's brilliant. But, um, you know, I, th- the, I think Caroline makes a really good point about the fans, you know, that they're, we're so... I mean, you know, we're, so, we're worth asking Pierre and Gabriel, who, without being rude, I suspect are a little bit younger than some of us here. I mean... You know, Martin, Ian, Caroline, Jeff, Bob, JK, and myself are all of a certain age. We 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 have seen Chelsea <laughs> hey. legitimately shit. You know, I don't have an age. No, I know. Me neither, Caroline. I still look like twenty-one. I know, but the reality is, I did actually see Chelsea play when they were in the second division. So, <laughs> you know, so that that I think brings its own kind of realism, doesn't it? You know, that we're not, you know, entitled to success all of the time. That we grew up with football being a a, a cyclic, a, a, you know, circular game goes in cycles, la 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 la. So I, maybe that's why when when we've just asked everybody what they think, we're we're in that. And of course, I I, I know Pierre and Gabrielle quite well, and you know they they listen to this show assiduously every week, and I and I see what they write in Discord and Mixler, and they seem to have got their heads screwed on. They're not like young kids who just demand success in every game, like J.K. does. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but you, my friend, as always, you are an outlier. You are different, and that's why I love you because you are completely not fitting into the mold at all. But anyway, Gabriel and and, and Pierre, um, what what do you think of that? I mean, you you are realistic as well, aren't you? Why is that? Why are you not? Why are you not throwing your toys out the pram like the kids are supposed to do? I think I think I feel very similar to you, Chidge, in a lot of ways, though. Which is, I get. It, it's very frustrating when you see all the mistakes being made just because they these new owners want to run it like a business. When when we were under Frank, I was really cross when he sacked. Okay, Thomas Tuchel came in and we fell in love with him and we all know what happened after that. But under Frank as well, you, you really could see something happening. You felt like it was going in a certain direction, or I did. Um, and so you were prepared to put up with the shit results because it was still your Chelsea and you had a connection to it. Whereas with what the new owners have done there was for a while had a big apathy really to the club because you could hardly relate to any of the players apart from James Chilwell Silver obviously is still there and Connor and then they were trying to get rid of Connor and Chalibur and everyone else um the one other thing I would say is it's actually I found a lot better to watch us lose in person it's a lot tougher when you're just at home on your own and then you're just pissed off for the rest of the weekend when you go and see it in person you can you you still sing the songs and chant and and you vent at the with the other fans and go oh he's bloody useless um and it's almost cathartic but yeah the, yeah, the lockdown the season was awful in that respect because there was no release not only because you couldn't go but because the fucking pubs were closed yeah. so yeah, it's horrible yeah it wasn't pleasant and i don't ever want to go back to that again. beyond horrible but you know that the, the la- for the lazy amongst us um you know with every game on tv you know, I mean, I, I am I am the world's laziest Chelsea supporter. You know, I didn't start going, and I didn't even start going regularly then, but, you know, not until I lived in Lots Road that I thought, oh, well, it's only around the corner, so I suppose I ought to go, really. And I've got I've got mates. I've got one of my first proper mates at Chelsea back in the 70s. He lived in Newcastle. He went to every game home and away, and he looked at me like I was a piece of shit on his shoe. And you know what? He would be right. Uh, but there you go. Right, listen, guys, um, because I've got a CFC UK article to write, I'm going to have to 
skedaddle soon. I've got one question that came in on Discord, which I will ask last. But if one of you has a burning question you want to ask about anything you like, this is the time to do it, and I'll make that the last one from you. Like, How does that sound? They're all nodding vaguely in agreement. Whoever puts their hand up first. It was very tight, Gabrielle, between you and Bob. Okay, and as 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 Bob, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bob. No offense, Gabriel, but he 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 beat you by a gnat's cock. And tell you what, because I'm such a magnanimous chap, you can both ask one. How about that? So Bob first, then Gabriel. Again to ask well, at the, get to ask at the same time, Chidge, and then we can see if we can answer them both. J.K., don't you were doing so well. Don't complicate things. You'd answer with an amalgamation of both questions and completely fuck it up. Well, well, I'll tell you what, me, Marston and JK will all answer at the same time. How does that sound? No, no. Seriously, Bob. My, my, mine's not a question. Mine's just, I've had a pretty shitty year and I just want to say the fan cast has, uh, I've been housebound and the fan cast has been a, a real crutch for me and I just want to thank you, JK and all the other guests that you have on and the other people in Mixler. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you dragged me through some pretty shitty moments. Yeah. So I just wanted to say thanks for that. But also thank you, Bob, for for, uh, for interacting so much on Twitter. It's great. I love it. Thank you, mate. Mm. Uh, Bob, I'm so sorry to hear that, mate. You hang on in there because uh, I know life can be tough. And, you know, you know where we are. I mean, you know, I, I'm not hard to get hold of if you ever need a chat or just to vent just you know you get in touch because you know where i am but you know this show is absolutely nothing without all of you lot who listen and engage with us i mean i mean i I don't need to bore you all stupid with why we do this again but we genuinely do this no offense because we like talking to each other every every week but the fact that there's loads, loads of people who listen is amazing and the fact that we've got to know so many of you and met so many of you and become friends with so many of you from around the world, that, that is why we do it. We, we do it because we love to do it. And the fact that, that you love it too really does warm our hearts. So, Bob, thank you, mate. I really appreciate that. And as I said, you know, you know where we are. You know, get in touch if you need to. All right. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thanks. Good man. All right. Gabrielle. Okay, um, so I want to ask you guys, how do you evaluate the effectiveness of the fan advisory board so far? <laughs> uh, given what happened with the club pulling the um, uh, subsidies on away uh, coaching support, that's just absolutely horrendous in my opinion. That should never have happened given like how much they spend. And I just read they're going to like, put like two lion statues in front of like, those are like monies you don't have to spend, just spend on something you actually need to spend. So what do you think, how effective is the fan advisory board so far? Well, a bit like a bit like the team, Gabrielle. Uh, it's early days. Um, it's a shame Mark's not on here, actually, because uh, he's not only is he the chairman of the Chelsea Supporters Trust, but he's also he is on the fan advisory board. Oh, man. I mean, this could be a show in itself. I'll try and keep it short. Um, Frankly, I still think that the selection process is flawed because the club selected the uh, the uh, the people who are on the board. It, did, it wasn't a democratic election, which I think is utterly wrong and fatuous. Um, I still think that they're far too much in control of the process. I still think that they don't give us access to the kind of things that we need to get access and control of. 
Um, but I'll be fair and say two things. One is it's early days. And in my experience, these things do tend to evolve. So I will give them a chance for that because basically I'm not happy with it. I think you can tell that. But I, I, I'm prepared to give them a chance. And secondly, I can vouch for uh, two of the people who are on there uh, because I, they're great friends and I know them very well. So I know the cut of their jib and that's Mark Meehan and it's Neil Beard. And you will not get to finer uh, and more eloquent, sensible uh, supporters than those two to represent us and fight for our interests. You know, they've both been involved with this kind of thing for decades. You know, Mark, Mark. you know, he, he, he was start of the Chelsea independent fanzine. I mean, they've been involved with this. They know the club inside out. They know us inside out and they will fight their damnedest for us. So, you know, I, I can vouch for them and, and they're good, good, honest people. And they won't, they won't, uh, they won't, they won't, they won't, um, you know, they won't be bullshitted. It's it's really hard to say, Gabriel. It's early. I'm not happy so far, you know. But then maybe people like me are never happy, so you have to factor that in as well. I don't know. What do you reckon, Martin? J.K. No, you're never happy. Okay, thank you. No. <laughs> yeah, you are a curmudgeon. I, um, I, am, I am a grumpy old yeah. bastard. It's very true. Yeah. Well, I can be a grumpy young bastard because I think I, I love you, Martin. That's why you're have, on the show, have have similar skepticism about the whole thing obviously don't i don't know the details as much as you do because i think you may have been a bit more involved in it but i do know the bona fides of the two people you've mentioned possibly one other but i can't remember who's on that board offhand and um yeah i think in terms of effectiveness if it goes the way i fear it could it would be about as effective as a fart in a hurricane because i just think they will um smile sweetly and just discard the bits that they don't want to action and maybe chuck a few bits of a few crumbs to make it look like they've taken stuff into account meet the new boss same as the old boss i mean the the trouble the trouble with 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 all owners of football clubs in the premier league is that they can do what the hell they like i mean i'm afraid to say this uh, There's no 50 plus one rule. Well, exactly. We we are really powerless. You know, they will do what the hell they like because nobody can hold them accountable properly, which is why, you know, when during the bidding process, the trust fought, you know, hugely for a football regulator, you know, somebody who can hold them accountable and say, you're not treating supporters fairly. You need to get back in your box and sort it out. And until, I mean, you know, until we have that kind of clout, um, I, I, I just like the last regime, you know, they gave us what they wanted to and they didn't give us much else, you know, and I, I don't see this lot being any different either. They'll talk a good game, but will they deliver anything? And I think, frankly, having been partially involved during the bidding process, I think that's a huge disappointment that a lot of promises were made that I don't think we've seen materially work out yet. But as I said, to be fair, it is early days. So, you know, things things may improve, things may change. It's, it's uh, it, uh, you know, rather than be completely black about it, I accept that things do change. So there you go. JK. The, the coach subsidy just seems to be an appalling own goal. I just, I mean, we wouldn't be worrying about the, uh, the lion sculptures. In fact, we'd possibly congratulate them for it, for trying to make the ground look, look better and more attractive and more prominent for people driving down the Fulham Road if they hadn't done it. But on the back of the the ending the subsidy is uh, and saying we have consulted and decided this is the best thing going forward, 
there is no argument um, that I've heard that, that doesn't make that a, anything but an appalling decision, um, an appalling insensitive decision as well, and just sees them as a, as, as, as a bunch of um, ill-advised idiots. Uh, and, and as I say, the, 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 two the two line monuments on the back of it is now becomes absurd. But, you know, I'd, I'd quite like a couple of line monuments if everything else was OK, because, you know, because you'd think, oh, yeah, that looks attractive in the same way that St. Chelsea Football Club on top of the East Stand looks really attractive. It's great as well. But um, uh, once again, the amount of money that's been spent on that, you think, well, surely the, the well-being of, I think, the percentage of the away of these people being subsidised is lots of them are, are disabled and, um, and, and, and older, older variety of people who can't really afford to go in it by any other means. It just look, it looks really heartless and I think is a, is a dreadful, dreadful decision. Um, I don't know what, what what's happening with them. Has any of the of the of the uh, objections from the trust or anybody had any any effect on it at all? It's just been. I don't, the I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, the trust are, are are taking over the subsidy for the Bournemouth game as a gesture. Yeah, for the Bournemouth of, game, absolutely. Of, well, a yeah. as a gesture of goodwill and 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 without revealing the strategy, I hope. Uh, blatantly, it was a move to shame the club into retracting. So the yeah. ball, the ball is in their court. Uh, Mark has. Does, it, does that mean one of you have to like ring a bell and shout shame as the yeah. on the coach like proper Game yeah. of Thrones style? Yeah, <laughs> we'll throw shit at them. Yeah, get the one What we should do? No, shame. we'll throw packets of salt and vinegar crisps at them in homage to uh, to Bruce Buck. That's what we should do. Um, Mark has posted on here, but he said this could be a future show in itself. Uh, we will. We. Uh, it's an idea. You know what? We might do this. I'll talk to Mark about it because he has to be quite careful what he says because he's subject to all sorts of. You know, you can't say too much. You know, but. Um, We'll get him on, and we might, may do a Q and A just on that actually, for the next because there's plenty of international breaks coming Good up. Good idea. Folks. I was going to ask that question, Jidge, and uh, you've answered it very well. So uh, for another day. Yeah, excellent. All right, peeps. Right, we've got one more question, and this came in, and I will ask it because it's from the lovely Michael LeBerf Murray, who who you'll know from Discord, and and is a great lad. Often emails in. He says, "I have a question for the show on Friday." Uh, is there any chance of having a guest Patreon member on one show a week or a month? Uh, also, I have a question for Martin. Uh, I've seen on Twitter that you play darts. Any chance of a game as my mates are all shit and I need some competition? Um, I'll answer the first question and Martin obviously can answer the second one. Michael, that would be, it's not a bad idea, but the reality is that there are, we have a, a team of 12 people on the fan cast, as you probably figured out. And I quite like that because it keeps it fresh and it doesn't make everybody too heavily committed, although Martin might argue the toss on that one. But, you know, they get the chance to... And we have a six-week schedule, so everybody gets at least two or, th you know, two or three on average goes in that six-week span. So much as I love the idea of uh, having one of you lot on once a month or once a week, it's it practically it would be impossible. Uh, I could also invoke the well-known and infamous Chelsea fancast rule, which is you do not come on this show as a guest or as a part of the team unless like, you have plied me with alcohol in the cock tavern before a game. Those have been the rules since day one. They will never change. I don't care who you are, even if you're Frank Lampard. If you haven't bought me a pint of Guinness before the game, 
you can't say you've been to a game with me therefore you don't get to come on the show sorry if you're listening frank but those are the rules um what i would say in mitigation michael that's exactly why we do these q a shows because then we can get we've had what one two three four five six seven seven of you on tonight with us on a show and i like this i mean i'll ask you lot in a minute what you think about it but uh I really like doing this because we we get to hear from you and you get to be part of it and that's what it's about. So Michael, if you want to be on the show without having to buy me a beer first, that this is the way to do it. So there we go. So I hope that mitigates for you it for you a little bit. Uh Martin, I leave the last answer for you. Um yeah, if you're ever around South London because I've play in mainly in Southwark and Farringdon. So there's a few decent places around there. I nearly lost about half a stone in body weight playing in a tournament Wednesday night in a railway arches near London Bridge Station. So, yeah, I'm open to challenges, but there's plenty of organisations if you if you live in London, live and work in London, where you can get a reasonable, reasonable standard of competition. Yeah, or you could play me and, and have a terrible standard of competition. You know, there's no, funnily enough, I think there's only one pub on the, around Chelsea that has a board in it these really? days. That's a sad um, indictment on pub life, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's been ha- happening for years. I can only play darts at a reasonable level if I've had two and three... Pissed. No, two and two-thirds of uh, Gale's HSB, at which point I, I, I hit peak powers. I, I, I've hit my only... I've done my... You know, what's that game? Um, I can't remember. You go round the board and you have to... Round finish, the clock. Finish on a, finish on a bullseye. Yeah, yeah. Round, the world, round the clock, round the world. Yeah, I've only Is ever any done... Pub, any pub of bar billiards anymore? I don't think so, JK. There was a place in Allgate that had was very briefly open that had it there, and um, I just remember I was we our team were playing darts in there one night, and someone swung the fucking bar billiards thing, and if hurts like fuck if it hits you in the knee and you're not expecting it on the swing back. <laughs> Brilliant. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we're all doing Fred Truman impressions as we saw it. Funny, I was all a bit indoor league. I hope I hope that answers your question, Michael, and make sure you make the next Q and A because we'll we'll be doing a few more because there's loads of bloody international breaks, and I think it's a a nice thing to do on a Friday. Um, have the lovely people who have joined us tonight. Have you enjoyed yourselves tonight? Yeah, absolutely. Don't be yeah, very much. Just gonna say, don't be too enthusiastic. But I do know you were trying not to talk over each other, so I'm only taking the mic. You've had a good time, yeah. Good afternoon. Yeah. Not <laughs> night. It works, doesn't it? It works. I think, it absolutely you know, works. Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you on, and we get to hear from you, and that's really what this show's all about. So I'm going to thank you hugely for uh, spending a cu- – I mean, the other thing is I, I, I thank you hugely for listening in on Mixler. I mean, that's above and beyond the call of duty, but I know I know you all like chatting with each other, so well done. Come and do it. Yeah, brilliant. It's great to see you, Bob. Yeah. Great to see you, Caroline. Great to see you, Jeff. Likewise. Great to see you, Gabrielle. Pleasure is mine. Great to see you, JP. Thank you. Great to see you, Mar- Martin. Thank he, you, sir. He's saluting us. Lovely. Great to see you, Pierre, as always, mate. Cheers. And Thanks last, for last, day, last, but by no means least, great to see you, Ian. You're on mute. You're on mute. Oh, it was going so well. It was very much. It fell apart. I couldn't even lip read. I couldn't lip read. Couldn't lip read. Mate, it's great to see you. I know you found us only recently, but, uh, you know, uh, it's really glad. I'm glad you have because it's it's a pleasure having you on. As I said to you the other day, I've followed you on Twitter for bloody ages, mate. You know, 
Yeah, and and I think it was I, I followed because obviously JK's Mister Two Minutes, and I'd seen that I fo- that you followed me, and then I listened to some Americans on a podcast. It was all right, it was fine, but nothing compared to this glorious lunacy. That, lunacy. Yeah, that, that, that's the word. That's lunacy, the word. and that's that's we wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, you lot have all been absolutely fantastic. Now uh, we're not. I mean, we don't have a live show on Monday because. Uh, it's my 30th wedding anniversary and it would be my last wedding anniversary if I did a show on Monday. There's also fuck all football to talk about. So sometime between now and Monday, this is going to be so hard to do because I'm I'm getting drunk tomorrow night. I'm going out to the cricket on Sunday all day. I'll be in no fit state to do anything when I get back. I'm banned from doing anything in my office on Monday. I'm working on Tuesday. I'm going on holiday on Wednesday. But if I find time, I will edit and put up one of the Troubadour gigs, probably the... Uh, uh, the um, you know the uh, come along and sing this song one with Patsy and Bunners because it was brilliant. So I'll try and do that so you've got something to listen to on Monday, uh, and then following Friday um, it'll be. Hang on a minute. Talk amongst yourselves. Friday, Friday, Friday. Right, you'll have Dean in the house taking over from me with J.K. and Dane to preview the Bournemouth game. So make sure you listen into that. I mean, obviously, I need to actually let. Uh, Dean know this and tell him how it all works but he's done it before he did a we've grand... got a Bournemouth, um, a Bournemouth fan I will even provide him with a Bournemouth fan but he'll have to organise it because I won't be here I shall be in France but there you go right um, these lot as you've probably figured out uh, have been very generous and kind to us by being a Chelsea fan cast patron and as you know that entails bunging us a few quid every month to kind of say thank you and appreciate what you do. I can't tell you how much we appreciate that. It really does help, and it's lovely that you do. There is absolutely no pressure. I mean, we love you all the same, whether you do or don't. It's just nice that you do. Uh, if you want to do that as well, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And, of course, if you do, you will get a Kerry Dixon banner. And I uh, I can see on Zoom two people are showing their Chelsea uh, their, their Kerry Dixon banner, which is Caroline and Jeff. So well done. So you do really get one. I know that a lot of people are waiting for them. It takes me bloody ages to get around to putting them all in jiffy bags. Yes, I know, Ian. You'll get it. Don't worry. They, they are proof. Caroline and Jeff are proof that eventually they do get sent out. So you will get yours. Months later, but you it, get yeah, it. It is months later. <laughs> exactly, yeah. so, Sometimes it's years. I've got mine months, years later. Yeah, I know. Years I know, years. I know. But you will get them, I promise you. Uh, but also, of course, you, you get to join the Discord group, which is great fun because you can kind of carry on doing the Mixler chat 24-7. So there you go. And I occasionally post something nonsensical as well. Uh, we do have a program called In Off The Post as well, which is to do with your emails. Many of the people here tonight have been sending us emails as well, which always absolutely tickle us and are usually very thought out or, or highly amusing or both. Uh, so if you want to do that, you've got to get them in by the end of the day on Sunday. And the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com. Right. You can follow the show on all the social media at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge. Uh, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd. And Martin at Martin underscore Wickham. Martin, as always, a delight to see you. Have you enjoyed your first Q&A? Yeah, it's very enjoyable. And thanks to each and every one of you for contributing because it saved us having a script. So... Thank you. I forgot to mention that. They've saved me oodles of time today because I haven't had to do anything other than turn up, which is bloody marvellous. So thank you. Uh, JK, as ever, brilliant to see you, my friend. Very enjoyable and uh, very good to, to see faces to names yes. that I've heard of. So thanks, guys. Fantastic. And thank you for your contrib- contributions on uh, 
on X and Twitter um, for stuff that I do. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's fantastic. Ian, yes, Ian has said very cheekily, there's normally a script, question mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be yeah, fair, Ian... That... In the words of Adrian Emerson, there's a script, but you can't fucking remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think calling oh, it a no. script would be a bit much. I, I'll settle for notes. And I, I have there are things that I have to read out that I'm so stupid. I mean, you know, JK could probably remember them and deliver them perfectly because he's an actor. I can't remember who I am half the time. So I have to write some things down so I can just read them out. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't remember... And I like my pithy introductions. That's basically it, mate. The rest of it's just notes and a running order that says this is what we want to talk about now, which then JK talks about something completely different and we just take it from there, you know, which is like or, it's kind or of how we roll. I say, I say at the beginning something that was supposed to be on third, you know, in the, in the third Always. part. Oh, always. So, oh, yeah. But I've grown to love it. I have. Yeah. I used to, used to wind me up, but now I kind of have just grown to accept it. I've accepted it like I've accepted Chelsea being mediocre, really. It brings me no joy, but I've accepted it. Uh, but there you go. Lovely stuff. Lovely to see you, old Bean. Will you promise me to look after Dean next week? Um, yeah, I think the difficulty he had last time was stopping me from talking, if you remember. so uh, <laughs> No shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you tend to come in and say, yeah, stop. We know we haven't got to that bit yet or whatever you normally say. So, uh, yeah, I'll try and be um, um, I'll try and be self um, editing. Okay, I mean, it'll, you know it's funny actually because we've got the Legends game on Saturday for Viali, and of course last time Dean did a podcast, he did the the Viali special just after he died, and you did, you did an absolutely. I mean, I actually listened to it live on Mixler, uh, in in uh, where where was I? Lanzarote, and yes. you were you were brilliant. I I sat there thinking I'm going to just retire. They don't need me anymore. This is this is much better than when I'm on it. So there you go. I have high uh, hopes for next not, week. Not true. not true. A bit true, but not a, quite A bit true. true, but not quite true. I know. I'll settle for that. Right. Thank you, everybody, particularly the people who've been with us tonight for listening. See you all soon. Uh, I won't see you until the end of September. Don't cheer all, all at once, but there you go. But, uh, yeah, see you soon. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. And the chills! The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.